This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. so comfortable i'm like i'm driving a rolls corniche <laughs> right now hello it's gonna be a high energy show i think or is that just Very the alcohol so. talking mm. well, i don't know one way or the other only one way to find out bienvenue smoking tire podcast episode 200 and opting so- for the french in- entry again huh opting for the french entry again the french entry yeah was bien- that french bienvenue, bienvenue. oh yeah. i don't know i think i got i picked that up from alex roy that was an Alex Royism from 2005 that just stuck. Uh, <laughs> who the fuck Wasn't it Blazing stuck? Saddles also? Oh, yeah, yeah as yeah. well. Mel Brooks. Yeah. Credit to where it's due. Uh, very excited to have this uh, gentleman on the show today. Uh, known for his role as script editor in Top Gear UK, as well as his new book, which I read and fucking loved, uh, and on that bombshell. That's the name of the book. It doesn't mean it's the end of the show. Uh, Richard Porter is in the house from the UK. Welcome. Thank Hello. you for coming. It's weird to say hello to someone you've been hanging out with for two hours, isn't it? Yeah. It's also weird to hear you introducing the show because it makes me believe that I'm now walking my dog (laughs) or or commuting to London because I usually hear you say that in those circumstances. So this is is really odd. How does the room look compared to what you thought it looked like? I love what you've done in here. (laughs) The foam padding really sets things off, doesn't it? It's, are these imported fluorescent tubes or just domestic ones? Oh, oh, we only have made in the USA tiling, uh, drop ceiling, and fucking fluorescent. Because tubes. the other ones would be Mexican rapists, right? Oof. <laughs> Donald Trump. It's really early, man. Early yeah. for that. It's also it's still, it's for, still light outside. We have, listen, there's going to be a no yeah. Trump policy on this podcast. I'm not promoting that fucking retard. Yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? But it's, yeah, I know what you mean. It's brutal in here. Just don't, <laughs> I see, I, watching from the UK, I assumed that um, this whole Donald Trump thing was like one long SNL sketch. And then I came over here and found so out. So do we. He's, we. We would hope. He's a real man. Part we of the country believes that. Apart from his hair, which clearly is from so, a No, the hair is real. Is there's it? A the rest vid- of there's him There's a video fake. on YouTube of him like doing the fuck, like, pull, like doing this, like pr- pulling out his hair. Because he doesn't have enough money to CGI that shit. Real-time CGI would be expensive for that hair. Yeah. He, can Tough I, on the animators, too. I will tell you a very quick Donald Trump story. He once told me not to lean on his building. <laughs> In person, <laughs> Donald Trump, like, circumstances very quick. I was waiting. I was working for a company. And I was waiting to pick up a car from someone who lived at Trump Tower. This person was very late, and I was sitting in the lobby... The doorman told me to not sit in the lobby because Mr. Trump doesn't like people sitting in his lobby. So I went outside, sat on a plant, like a big, big, giant potter plant. Sorry, sir, Mr. Trump doesn't like people sitting on his plants. And I thought this guy was, like, fucking around. And I stood there and leaned on the building. I'm there for 30 minutes. Mr. Trump doesn't like people leaning on his building. Now I thought I'm, like, on a hidden camera show or something. (laughs) Sure as shit, Donald Trump rolls up in a limo, which I remember distinctly as being weird-looking because it was like a wide-body limo. Not like a... It wasn't like... Not, not like wide-body like you would think. Okay, you I'm know, picturing one of those, like, Lawrence of Mercedes SECs from the 80s. Kind of. Huge wings. It was a Lincoln Town car, but it, it had this 
strange coach work in that it was shaped like an almost like an arrowhead. Where so like it, a dick. Where it was the same length at the <laughs> nose and the tail. It's just a massive white dick. Jonathan Klein also in the studio. I was distracted by the two bearded men here and it's but this limo, it's the same length on the nose and the trunk and right about the passenger doors, it's it's wider. So it like gets wider and and the, like a dickhead. <laughs> and Donald Trump gets out of the limo, walks up to me and and says Please don't lean on my building. <laughs> At least he was polite. The, I swear very my least. life this is a fucking true story. And I, I was flabbergasted. I couldn't believe it was really happening. It did not seem like real life. But that's the kind of person that fucking that guy is. Yeah. <laughs> if you'd thought fast, you could have said, please don't fuck up my country. <laughs> yeah. This was like 10 years Preemptive ago. strike. Mm-hmm. This was so well, this long is, ago. That's right about the same time that he walks into a meeting where we were doing some work for one of his condos down in South Florida. And I was one of the engineers on the project. And he walks in and he sits down. And I'm the youngest guy in the room. And he looks at me and goes, go get me a cup of coffee. My boss just looks at him and he goes, Chris is one of our lead engineers on this project. You can go get your own cup of coffee. The guy, he's like a crazy person. Yeah. And he surrounds himself with yes men, which is, when anyone does that, it's going to be a problem. Mm. You know what I mean? When, some, when no one ever checks you a little bit. Yeah, it can. It gets, How's my it hair? Gets bad quickly. Looks good. Though. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. How's the skin tone? It's the um, perfect yeah. shade of orange. I How was that salacious remark about my own daughter? Top notch, Don. <laughs> Keep going. I don't think um, he'll, people will actually vote for him, but I think that uh, well, we'll find out. He today. polls high because people are being entertained right now. Mm. I, ho- I God, I fucking hope so. I Not, unfortunately think our country is just that dumb. If you've been on Yahoo's possible. comments lately, oh. They're all, all comments. Oh, they're all for Trump. We there. I mean, is there they're an ultimate terrifying. ranking of worst worst sites on which there? I mean, YouTube pro- has to be the worst. Mm-hmm. Is Yahoo worse than your Yahoo's YouTube? Pretty bad. Yahoo's bad because it it attracts people that are dumb enough they can't figure out how to use Google. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. The Bing comments. Holy jet. It's oh, people who will, only people who watch ridiculousness. On well, and TV. all the Bing comments <laughs> are directly <laughs> sponsored by Microsoft. Yeah. Thanks. By the way, thanks Xbox. Thank you, um, Xbox. We like Xbox. Forza Motorsport, well the official racing yeah. simulator. <laughs> While I'm here, can I ask you, because I missed this off your show, for old time's sake, can you do the true car thing again? Oh, no. Because I used to love that. <laughs> it's, you know the line that I used to like was when you went to lock in your savings? <laughs> <laughs> and I would wait for that. You're, you're the only listener that listens through the ads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's only recently I discovered the 15-second skip thing <laughs> on the iPhone. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm so happy to have you here. We've only met in person a couple of times. We've interacted on the internet. Yes. Several. But uh, I really liked your book. Thank you. And we met when you were here, I guess, for the beginning of U.S. Top Gear, right? Did we meet down at El Toro? Yes. That was when we first met, right? Yeah, we were doing the studio for the yeah. first uh, first series of well, season. Oh, shit. I forgot all about that. Of, yeah. Uh, of U.S. Top Gear. Because you worked on, you did a, you've done a bunch on U.S. Top Gear as well, right? Yeah, I used to do sort of consultancy, I suppose you'd call it. It's a fancy way of saying I'd just come in and dump <laughs> on all their ideas. Were you over at the, uh, were you at the very first pilot, the one with Corolla, years before the uh, actual U.S. Top Gear happened? Uh, I didn't do too much on that. Again, I just dumped on some ideas and then left them to it. Okay. Um, and that turned out quite well, that show. I watched then, it. Yeah, actually. I was there for that. I watched Have you seen it. it? I yeah. am one of a very few because I auditioned for it. Oh, okay. And uh, that guy Eric Stromer got chosen. Apparently, I was down to the last couple, and I got into the last three or four choices, right. or whatever. But um, 
I enjoyed the audition process. It was fun. And and as a courtesy, the guy um, let me watch it. Right. And I thought it was pretty good, actually. Yeah, I thought it was quite good. It was good. pretty good. I yeah. can't remember why that didn't happen. I do remember, I think because was, this was bef- obviously before the current version of U.S. Top Gear, I do remember watching it and going, it seems like Adam Carolla was doing a Clarkson impression a little bit. And I don't know if that was just because the style was like exactly the same as a British Top Gear episode and yeah. like the flow was the same. And just hearing Adam's voice over what seemed like fundamentally the same segments <clears throat> as the British show I just think seemed weird. Actually, Adam Carolla and Jeremy are probably very similar alpha male sort of men. Probably agree. Same hair, too. Somebody told me about. <laughs> Adam's met. got a little more these days, but someone told you about what they met. Corolla and Clarkson met, and it was like a sort of shouting contest. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait! Listen to my voice. No, listen to my voice. And it was just—they just, you know, they are. They got Adam to say men. more than three That's words funny. when he wasn't on air. That's surprising. Yeah, but I think he was quite shouting. I don't know. I never met him. Adam's. I like Adam. He's a great too. He's very quiet great in person. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's quiet things, because but. he's always working. He's, he's in work mode 100% of the time. Yeah. It's unbelievable to watch. But then before that, because I, I came over here uh, when we did a pilot for Top Gear US at Willow Springs with... Prettiest racetrack on earth, isn't yes. it? Yes, God, it's breathtaking. <laughs> I was standing there. I was standing out in the pit lane with one of the guys off the crew. And I was looking around. And I was like, who lives out here? Because there's all those houses <laughs> you can see. That's exactly what this guy said. Yeah, yeah. We don't really have meth in the UK. Really? Well, I've have? tried. And you just we'll, send you back. <laughs> we'll send you back with something. Yeah, would you? Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Um, really improve productivity. Please. Uh, of course. Organic. Whole Foods has a lot of it. Oh, lovely. Listen, yeah. take a little trip out to Portugal. Everything is gluten-free. Of course No GMOs. None of that shit. The best meth. Um... The guy off the crew, when I was looking at these houses, and he just went, Meth Labs! <laughs> and then he just, like he was machine gunning them with his finger, he just pointed towards the horizon and all those mountains, and just went, Meth Lab! Meth Lab! Meth Lab! Meth Lab! And I was like, I just, I don't even know what that means. And then I, I found out. Well, well, that we, voice you just did is like out of a Tarantino movie. That was a, that's a great. You could make a whole character out of that guy. Yeah, Meth we'll Lab keep Jim. He just, he just shouts at Meth Labs. They're also thing. armed to the teeth. We were just out there and this dude just comes up with his like child and they're like oh we've got a 22 a 45 an AR-15 another AR-15 yeah. a rifle we're gonna go shoot over there because there's hey, nothing Tommy, around hey Tommy can you scoot up in your seat there I gotta grab the 22 from under like you yeah. That, yeah. that whole area is filled with people who for one reason or another just don't want to get hassled well and this <laughs> is what I was curious about because you drive past some funny houses and you're oh, thinking yeah. what has happened in your life that has led you to live here yeah either you design stealth fighters or you have reasons to be off the grid exactly mm-hmm. and also to be buying a lot of Sudafed. it's a Ala- <laughs> <laughs> it's alaska but a little warmer but warmer yeah. you know, like and you know you can you could drive to area 51 if you want to really get nutty and right before i moved to california i was up in that area because uh, i was up for a job out at edwards air force base there and i had people when i was on the interview going don't move here. Don't come here. Don't take this job. <laughs> Run! It's the beginning of a horror movie. The hills have but on. I have to give your team, especially your post team at Top Gear credit, because the aerial shots from the American Road Trip film are the only pretty video ever gathered from Willow Springs. Yes, we made it look quite... What the fuck did they I do? I used the we there. I had anything to do with that, but our post team never got the... Um, 
credit they deserve. Though. That's fucking crazy. That was the when people asked how we made Top Gear and how they could make. I started when Top Gear went to ship. I started going to a lot of meetings with people who were making stuff for car companies and things like that. Do you that. mean went to shit like a year ago? Yes, or, okay, yes, when, right. when it all sort of ground to a halt. And um, I just and thought you like three seasons ago. No, well, <laughs> oh, oh, you just threw some shade on me. Ouch. Um, it's true, though. No, we picked it up again. No, we, I can't remember. I, was, I, I lose track I'm of when we went a bit off the rails. And I was came completely back again. kidding. But um, uh, we, we used to, uh, you know, we used to spend a long time in the edit. It was just a, a, a fact. That was where yeah. it all came together. A long, long time. And edit time is expensive. Hell yeah. And I would go and sit in these meetings, and they would sometimes show you a piece of footage from Top Gear. And they'd go, we'd like to do something like this. And I'd say, well, that took five days, and it cost £200,000. Yeah. And they'd go, oh, okay. Well, we've got a day and five grand. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they thought that maybe we were doing it wrong. If, uh, yeah. if th- th- they would be able to rep- reproduce this for no money and no time as if we were just idiots and you'd have to go no no it took that long and it, it was that it expensive takes that long for, for a reason, a reason. Yeah. yeah however if those people uh would want to contact mad at the smoke <laughs> i was wondering oh. if that was coming <laughs> 24 hour turnaround it's just that only five thousand dollars <laughs> like you know the thing where we used to when drones came in <laughs> yeah and we used drones but the thing is and this is a very wanky thing to say but you cannot beat a helicopter no or beautiful sweeping no absolutely steady not. shots no. and and it's just about helicopters are expensive when you watch on the big screen the optics there's a difference yeah there is because we were yeah. using helicopters with these beautiful gyro yeah. mounts in the nose the cineflex and cameras yeah. like crazy shit and you can I have so to imagine that'll catch up at some point though well, we oh, also, yeah yeah it, it will, will but just as it stands at the moment yeah. you still can't beat a helicopter and we now, get people going oh we've got a guy with a really big pole he could just stand there with <laughs> he's got a fucking DSLR listen don't make fun of, of Chris Harris and Neil I'm not taking <laughs> Oh, come on. Have you seen Neil's huge pole? No, Neil's Neil got a huge yeah, pole. Neil, Neil has a... I, I love Chris Oh, God, Harris that wasn't... And I, and I love Neil. I was literally cracking a joke at that specific... Really? Like, yeah, he's got oh, a huge... Oh, shit, I didn't know that. Have I you ever seen a pool skimmer? I having a Neil, who's a top bloke, <laughs> as is Chris. I'm, no, that... I, I, I'm, oh, dear. He's got a big pole. I should go all. now. <laughs> so, but it also... Did, did the... You know, with drones, they came into effect right when you were in the midst of working in Top Gear. Did that completely change how you guys were shooting things, or...? Not really, no. We had um, we had a guy who did our minicams who's a bit of a mad professor um, and who I once got stuck on a station platform with while he explained to me the difference in types of cable. Oh, no. And then it's only when he saw... Uh, my train came in and I was like, okay, we better get on the train. And he went, no, I'm getting a train over there. I was like, that train just went. He's like, oh, okay. He missed a train going home <laughs> so that he could finish explaining about how cables work to me. So he was a really technical guy, and he built his own drone because when drones first came in, he wasn't happy with the way that they worked yeah. and the quality of camera you could attach to them. So he bought a basic drone and used that chassis to sort of re-engineer it in some kind of crazed, and he had carbon fiber props made for it and stuff like that. Yeah. So we had pretty much as good a drone as you could possibly have and we did used to use it but it's just that given the option though the directors would always go could i have a uh, could I have a chopper instead because it also just made drones it better. Are, that kind of drone the really cool yet homemade drone is a giant pain in the ass yes it draws way too much of your attention away from what you're yeah. doing the rest of the time it's a bitch to fly you've got to land it all the time like with a helicopter you could pretty much shoot like in fucking real time 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Drive down this mountain, helicopter will chase you the entire way. Then drive back, and the helicopter will chase you the entire way. Yeah, and then they, you go to somewhere like Romania, and you get yeah. a local helicopter pilot who's got something loose oh, the in his head. They're lunatics. The guy who thinks he's fucking, who's the, the skiing guy? Uh, Warren, uh, whatever. Warren Miller's helicopter pilot, the guy who like flies. He throws Flight of the Valkyries on when you yeah. run in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, you need you need loony helicopter mm-hmm. pilots. The one in Romania was particularly good because there was a raised section of road, and the the hosts were driving down. What were we doing? Aston Martin and uh, yeah, was, uh, I think it was a TBS convertible. And, yeah, and and the hosts were driving down it, and then they, they were telling us afterwards that they sort of looked to their left, and the helicopter was below them. <laughs> <laughs> and thinking, okay, this isn't right. Oh, power lines, good. And he just they, they and even the guy that we had, we had a guy called Q. He was, I can't remember yeah. what his real name was. Really? Was he was he, XRAF. Was he the gadget provider? Yeah. No, he was like, he could fly a helicopter backwards, which takes some doing. That, well, really? Impossible. Like at yeah. speed? No, but enough that he, tracking down the runway, he would track backwards because they had the gyro Oh, you know, I've seen that before. And where he the, would reverse they, they, the helicopter. Would he start from a dig and reverse? Because I've seen where the ones where they go and then flip around and kind of quote coast in reverse as well I think he would do that as well yeah. I just remember once we were filming at the airfield and for some reason we had quite a high ranking guy from the RAF there you know, full kind of enormous moustache sort of bloke and he was watching this happening this reversing helicopter thing and his mouth was hanging open <laughs> eventually he went who is this man and we went it's like a one of your guys. Yeah. some yeah. say he, he can, can fly, fly a helicopter <laughs> backwards <laughs> So, yeah, we used to have... That's the thing. But, again, a man of that talent costs money, and, and we fortunately, we were relatively okay for money, so we used to get the good stuff. But God, money can't is do it awesome. It's yes. awesome. It's good, isn't it? It allows you to buy goods and services. It does. You know what happens, like, at the other end where we're at, where I go into certain meetings, like, with TV? Like, I'm starting to understand TV now. It's I don't know how well you actually you get involved in, like, the... The, the the negotiation type shit on TV it's weird isn't it well BBC is different than than American uh, TV yes I don't understand it and I, I try don't, not the to more I learn about it the less I understand the it thing is it. now everyone just pretends they've got no money and then magically <laughs> go <laughs> well we need some gold for this shot <laughs> okay we'll get you some gold I just I don't uh, there's always money when well the thing is with the BBC we were very lucky because we had a budget per series and we would always go over that budget but you just have to go to your parents and go oh Really sorry. sorry. Could we have some more money, please? And they would find more money because we were one of the highest the rating giant, shows, the biggest yeah. views ever. So is it like the usual you, corporate bullshit, where it's just like I got to use the entire budget, otherwise they're going to cut it back next year? Uh, there's a little bit of that, but it's not like the, the the people who build the roads around where I live, where you see because a financial year in the UK ends in April and. Um, suddenly in March they dig up all the roads to use up all the money there <laughs> otherwise they'll get it taken away from them so you just go what the fuck are you doing and they suddenly well, they've just built an incredibly elaborate set of traffic lights just to use up the money it's not quite like that but yeah we the double BBC, decker roundabout never exactly, seen that before yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like it's like a yeah. helter skelter but we Isn't um, it more like people they just wanted it to be done right and sometimes that costs more yeah just that's just how it goes yeah and that's why we started doing fewer episodes a year because the BBC the budget was the same. is <laughs> so perverse. They had to cut the budgets of all their programs because the BBC is always under attack by politicians for because you know everyone in Britain has to pay their license fee. Yeah, yeah. You have to have a license for a TV. It's an archaic system, but it allows us to have commercial free television. It also allows you to have that amazing music library, yes. which any video producer who's ever worked ever is insanely jealous of. 
Yeah, I mean, because I, I mentioned this in my book, but I, if your listeners haven't read my book, then... Which I, rec- I strongly, me. strongly recommend you do. Seriously. Thank you. <laughs> fucking good. I read it. I, do you know how the last book I read before your book was Alex Roy's book in 2006? Really? And I blasted through your book in about 15 hours, like over two days. Oh, that's that's cool. how good your book is. Mind you, I've seen that in some of the Amazon reviews, people going, I read this in an afternoon, and I'm thinking, that's not a good sales pitch, is it? That makes it sound no. like a pamphlet. That well, it's like 200 and how many? It's, fuck, it's long. It's, it's 83,000 words, man. <laughs> there you go. And I know this because I wrote all of them <laughs> in order. Um, the uh, the BBC's budget thing, though, is, is if, when they cut the budget of all shows, they decided, and this is sort of only the BBC would do this, they would start by cutting the budgets of their most successful shows. I don't know why. That's it's almost like it's because a lot of working at the BBC felt like being at school for various reasons. It was always like you're always in danger of being told off for swearing or something, and it was almost like we'll make an example of our highest-rated shows. We'll cut their budgets, and our executive producer Andy Wilman, who is as close to a genius as I've ever met, said, "Right, I'm going to get him on this one." So he went and saw them, and he said, "So you like the show? Oh yeah, we love the show, and you like the way it looks." Yeah, 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 we love the way it looks. And, and you like everything that we do, and you like the music and all the other Yeah, 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 we love it. But you want to cut our budget. Yeah, yeah, I'm afraid we do, yeah. Okay, well, we'll just make fewer shows. So the budget per show will be the same. And they went, um, but no, no we, we didn't mean that. And he went, well, you like the show the way it is, so we're just going to have to make less of yeah. them. And that was it. And he got them <laughs> over a barrel, and that's why we started making fewer shows a year. So we went from, I think, we used to make 20 shows in a year, and we went down to about 12. It must have been a brutal year. Megan 20. Yeah, I don't know how we did it. I think a few people died, but it was fine. (laughs) But you went on. Yes, exactly. What they would have wanted. (laughs) Is it politicians actually setting individual, is it elected officials setting individual budgets, or is the BBC a company that then reports to the elected officials? Um, How long have you got? It's really complicated. But no, politicians don't set the budgets of shows. That is at the discretion of the BBC acting as as an entity. But the BBC as a whole is always under pressure for... It's incredibly political because public service broadcasting, which is what it is, is a... a, um, And we have a a kind of fairly right-wing government at the moment, and right-wing people tend to regard public service broadcasting as goddamn communism um, but all governments tend to be under because it's it's a bit strange you have to pay 140 quid a year uh, for your TV license and in a free market economy it's a bit of an anachronism but but it does give us also an anachronistic broadcasting corporation that that produces we have four terrestrial TV channels plus we have loads and loads of radio output and online for 140 quid a year it's a bargain but and we, as yeah. someone who works in the American TV system, and I, I, I like the people I've worked with in the American TV system, let me just say this. The ability to, have, to get the access that you guys have and do a show that isn't dependent on ads yeah. is probably worth the headache. So this brings me to what I was going to say about the pilot for US Top Gear that we made at Willow, mm-hmm. which was with three hosts whose names I can't remember. <laughs> they were nice guys, but it was like, this is pre-Corolla. Oh, really? Pilot. This was the first ever attempt to make US Top How Gear. How has no one ever heard of this? Because was it, it that was shit? buried in concrete. Really? Because, yeah, for various reasons it just didn't work out. It was for Discovery, I think. I probably shouldn't be saying this, but I'm saying it now anyway. I mean, you look, don't no, edit, do you? How many years passed? Yeah, I mean. it was a long time ago. Because the thing is, there were two. Well, th- th- there were two great things that came out of that. First of all, it was a bit of a learning experience for us, and we th- went back and did the Corolla one, and it was better. The second thing is that's the show on which I met 
the woman who's now my wife, so it worked oh, out great for me. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the sticking point, one of the many sticking points, was we did a drag race between a Mustang and a Dodge Charger, which I think had just come out. Uh-huh. It's about 10, 11 years ago. And when the executives at the channel saw it, they went, no, you can't do that. And we went, why? Because the, the, uh, the, the Ford lost, and Ford spends a lot of money advertising this. And we were like, wow. but it's a drag race. It's factual. <laughs> and we're, we're not used to this because, you know, it, yeah. we were making the show in the UK. We've never had any. I mean, famously, years ago on Old Top Gear, Jeremy slagged off a Renault, and someone in Paris went, right, tell them the Renault will never advertise on the BBC ever again. And somebody had to go, ah, sure. no we, we, uh, we do not have that leverage <laughs> with them. <laughs> Um, and, and we were very lucky like that. But, yeah, when we found out that the channel wouldn't let us even do a yeah. drag race because inevitably one car had to lose and that may upset advertisers, yeah. we knew it was never going to work. Yeah. And, and it, it didn't work. Well, with U.S. Top Gear, they kind of started with a model that was very similar to the British and then over the you know over season two and three kind of developed into its own thing, which yeah. was cool. But they sort of went to, you know, now they do mostly like, you know, beater cars and, and whatever whatever you want to refer to those challenges as. It's less new car reviews and more of that kind of stuff. The other thing I found fascinating about U.S. TV is that the uh, level of research that goes on. And I went to a presentation by uh, some research company about how much they, they, they can do sort of, you know, almost second by second watching what people are watching. Yeah. And one of the things they found was that those challenges do really well, so they just went and do more of those. Mm-hmm. And it's why we that. dropped the studio as well, because yeah. the, the studio element didn't work in a U.S. format where you have to have ad breaks. It was just weird and confusing. There's no other show that's like that, where you're in a studio and then suddenly you're on, on yeah. location... Uh, people, audiences, apparently, in their research, are just going, "Why is that guy in the middle of a field?" And then he was, then he was standing in that building, and then he's, they that's just didn't so, get the grammar of it because. Well, it's we not have like no precedent else. like that, like the news or anything. Well, no, in the in the in the, <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same person. That's yeah. the thing. They're doing a throw to somebody else. See, that's it's, the trick. Uh, if it was one the anchor man in the studio was going, "Okay, here's a report," and then suddenly he's standing he's in Iowa, guy. I think people would go, that "This is, is a point. bit weird. He's like a time traveler or something." So that's what threw people. That's a good point. When we did the Zach worked with me on the car show on the Speed Channel, also with Adam Carolla, yeah. and they made us do studio intros and outros. To all the pieces, and it you know it sacked like a minute from each side or a minute and a half from each side, and you end up with a four minute field piece that feels like an intro to a real piece that never comes. And they wouldn't let us just have the fucking piece without an intro and an outro, and it was stupid. In the UK show, the studio is a nice breather from yeah. the action, yeah, and yeah. it goes back and forth. But when you have the commercials, also now you've got this other element eating up time. Yeah. Oh, that's the thing with the commercials; it just kills the the rhythm of the show, mm-hmm. and it means you have to come out of commercial into somewhere different than where, when you went into commercial. Yeah. And it it does; it just throws people out. They have no idea what's going on because or there's people no are precedent. changing channels. People yeah. Are, well, yeah, that's exactly. Like, oh, and yeah, they I'm come back and they're like, that. "Wait, that yeah. guy I was just listening to has changed his clothes, <laughs> and now he's standing <laughs> on a runway." What the? It's, it is. It's just disorienting. Yeah. I was only so, gone for two minutes. Because I think there's a, you know, if you're doing that in a drama, people understand it's like this is the next day and it's, it makes sense. But if it's, it's a, a show that is, you know, normal people talking in their normal voice to camera, it just looks like you're trying to mess with their heads and it doesn't work. So it's why we, we ended up getting rid. And also in your book, I, I recall you, um, you, you mentioned the first 
The, there were actually two pilots of Top Gear, according yes. to you, yes. before the third pilot, which became episode one. Yeah. Which would never fucking happen in America. <laughs> you do not it wouldn't get normally happen people, in Britain. You know, people we, always hear they talk about replicating some element of Top Gear. And then I go, you don't understand the chances these people got to yeah. get it right. You don't understand could, how incompetent these people were, and yet they were allowed to keep doing it. Could never happen again. Yeah. Just couldn't happen. I don't think we could believe it. We had a uh, the, the person who was in charge of the channel at that point just had total faith in us. She was great because she could have gone, that I'm sorry, you so just burned of. through our cash. <laughs> and what you've come up with is utter dog shit. Please stop. But you, you, you are full witness to these events. Yes. So you've seen the, the completed pilots and you're one of, like, fuck, not more than the people in this room, really, who've seen them. Uh, there's probably quite a few people within the BBC who've seen them, but and this was so long ago. This was, what, 2002. I, I know that the, the pilots were kicking around the office on VHS because that's how long ago it was and then they just mysteriously disappeared I wish I had a copy of them even though I don't have a VHS somebody's player. got one somewhere oh there are they exist. someone exists but it was so bad that the I mean the first one was just terrible and everybody looked really sweaty as just well painful just painful to watch awful oh in so many ways the second one I just remember it was going so badly that halfway through I went outside with Richard Hammond and he basically tried to resign he was like I don't want to do this <laughs> I just don't want to do this. This is not what I signed up for. Bear in mind, this was, had been his dream job, getting this gig. It was and I bad enough. The rocket dragster, no problem. Yeah, I'll yeah, sign yeah, up for that. Yeah, I'll almost die yeah, in the course of my work. This pilot is so bad. But just low-quality television, yeah. he would have died well, inside. What, what, was the, the, what was causing him to have that kind of hesitation? Was it the, the direction and stuff that was, was fucked up? It was filming or... It, uh, Richard came, uh, comes from uh, a background, you know, he's had a radio background and a TV background, but he is, he, so he's just grown up in broadcasting, and, and there are sort of certain standards and things you do, and we were doing almost the exact opposite. It was like we decided that the first pilot was overlit and too structured. Everyone sort of sat down for most of it, and they had auto cue, which we never teleprompter? had. Teleprompter, teleprompter, yeah. okay. Yeah. And um, uh, it's just made everyone right sorry. Yeah, I, I, I forget. <laughs> I, I try to pretend I'm bilingual, but I, I don't know the words for certain things. So. Um, and it just makes everyone really sort of rigid and stiff because no one had really worked with it before. So we got rid of that, but then we got rid of all the lights and all the set because we had quite an elaborate set. And what we ended up with was an aircraft hangar with some cars parked in it. And there were sort of like 12 people in the audience and they just, and they're all wearing Subaru branded fleeces and they're just standing <laughs> and they didn't know what to do. So they were just sort of standing, like leaning on cars, chewing gum and it just, it looked like the world's worst drinks party and then someone had parked a car in the middle of it and it was all gloomy and on camera, you know, TV cameras need light and there wasn't enough light. And we'd said, the previous pilot was too rigid, everyone sat down. This pilot, you walk where you want, you do what you want. If you suddenly want to jump in the car and start doing stuff, do it. And so they did, but they, it was like looking at this black hole of nothingness. With, and we had Jason Dore, who was the guy who was James May before James May had been invented. And he <laughs> had never done TV before. So in the first pilot, he was trying to read the teleprompter, which is hard. It's really hard. And they don't, they've all got earpieces in. So you've got some guy in the gallery oh, really? going, oh, move man. to the left, move to the left. Just move to the left a little bit, which is really hard. 
Because if you're having a conversation, we're talking now, and there's some bloke in my ear going, yeah, just uh, just speak <laughs> up a bit, mate. <laughs> That's difficult if you've never done it before. You look amazing. You look, you're doing a great job. It's a really is good speaking job. or is that the voice in my head? Because <laughs> sometimes like... And it was... So the second pilot was particularly just like a mess. It was, a, it was an unprofessional mess. And I think that's the thing that got Richard. He was just like... I've been working up to this to get a kind of big BBC show. This will be the pinnacle of my professional TV career. And actually, this is fucking amateur hour. And he just, yeah, he just didn't I've want to do it. I've had that feeling. I know that feeling. It's not good. No. It's really not. But were the field pieces the same field pieces? Yeah, was, they were all right. I mean, they were... They and were, were they reused from yes, Pilot 1 yes, to 2? Yes, yes, they were. Were they used in the third one as well? In the yeah, yeah. Two? The uh, What was the thing we had in the first or so? It ended up being in the second or third show, I think, which was... Uh, the Renault Velsartis, which was like a, a weird kind of, I, I can't even begin to describe it, a big French mess of a car. And it was, it was. That was like, you guys did normal cars. That wasn't yeah. some crazy shit. That was just a normal car. It was a normalish car yeah. that nobody bought. Yeah. It, it kind of fulfilled this thing that we've always believed that nobody ever bought cars we exactly. talked about. Exactly. Hook up a fat tire. Do you want to, do you want another? I would love another bit. Yeah, Thank you. Up. Um, I, I I just I always sorry I, I forgot I, we were on air there I'm just sort of <laughs> that's the point I that's why I keep you. giving you these beverages <laughs> <laughs> no it's just the fact that I suddenly went oh thanks very much yes that'd be delightful no it's um, cool. you listen to us you know how this the, is uh, I know but I also because I'm English and I just I always think I just sound incredibly effete as well when uh, when I'm surrounded by Americans so I just I love the I love that's the story of the three pilots and on all that because. People again here, you know, like they come up to you and say, "Look, we want you to help us make some budget ass Top Gear." People come up to me and they go, "We want you to help us make some budget ass Top Gear." And I explain to them the same kind of deal, and they go, "No, no, no, we have no money. Can you do it for this?" And I yeah. go, "Well, you know, here's what you're going to get." But it's sort but, of I, I, the thing is, I think that's the problem is that too many people in television and beyond are don't have enough imagination to think that actually Top Gear, obviously the production values are a big part of it, but if I could be immodest for a minute I think also it was the writing and I, I wasn't you know I, all the hosts wrote I mean I'm not trying to claim that I wrote but you everything. did a lot of writing though I did quite a bit but I you know I'd didn't you write a lot of spelling. Stig intros I wrote the Stig intros generally yeah, yeah. so but no that's one know. thing I've noticed and pay attention to the writing of the banter between the guys but when there was clearly written studio segments of you know Jeremy says these two lines and those it led very nicely to James over here walking past a different mm. car saying two lines Richard like it was smooth Actually, he, and it felt real his book talks it about the transition good. lines all the time it was just we used to agonize over it the, the big you one call was, them links right yeah links yeah. so studio links were, were the bits in, like you're talking about where it, and it's yeah they were written generally really tight I mean if they were just Very talking mm-hmm. there would be a bit more scope for you know just sort of going off piece but even then you know we'd pretty much got an idea where we wanted to go with it and it mm-hmm. was tight it was, and, and it the road to test be. too it was you know driving the car boom 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 and then immediately a vo that flows like of the whole thing made sense it had this nice arc and the banter lined up the jokes lined well, up the, the facts lined up i think up. the key word is subtlety there was just a subtlety to that process that you just don't see in a lot it of other felt shows. more natural it didn't it's feel right. Like and that's the thing. That's why I think people lack sometimes in television lack imagination because they. And if you work in television and that's your job, you should be able to spot this. 
that a lot of that stuff wasn't happening by accident. That was people sitting in a room for a long time. And we used to debate. It was the, the button and debate. We'd didn't be in the voiceover Didn't booth you win an award for, like, unscripted? Yes. And meanwhile... We won an international <laughs> Emmy. For, best uh, for unscripted, unscripted. Best unscripted show. And we're and sitting with the fucking script editor. Well, so <laughs> there, there were two things about that. First of all, that was a surprise to all of us. We went, what? Wait a minute. I was looking at this stack of scripts on my desk. And then I found out the ceremony was in New York. And the BBC were going to pay to fly someone from our office to New York to accept the award on stage. I was like, please send me so I can go up there and go, thank you for this unscripted award. It's a surprise because I'm the fucking script editor. <laughs> and this was decided not to be a good idea. So yeah. someone else went instead. So when the pieces are conceived, and I'm, and I'm asking this, you know, the audience isn't going to give a fuck about this, but I care because I want to be good at my job. Is it... Is is does Jeremy or James or Richard drive the car around for a couple of days, do a few laps around the track, go home, write a complete piece, and then deliver the complete piece in car, and then the complete piece into a booth, and that way it can be cut back and forth virtually seamlessly, or is it written line in car, line in voiceover, line or what? Uh, it would usually be written like that. The second one. The second one. Yeah. Okay. That you mostly you're describing the process there. In an ideal world. Uh, we'd get the car in advance, drive it around, find out what it's like, find something interesting to say about it, hopefully. What do, you, what do you do without that luxury? Because I, I have to deal with that all the time. Yeah, yeah, where I, go, I go, listen, you get five laps, that is all you get. You better, yeah. you know, don't do you know crash. What? Here you go. Uh, uh, if we didn't have that luxury, we would. And bear in mind, we mostly would because we weren't chasing exclusives and we weren't going on launches. Right, right, right. We sort of had a policy, which is quite arrogant, but we thought we'd, we'd make it work, which is we will not go on launches and we will not try and be the first with that car. It's we will so hope that people will nice wait to, to hear that. what Top Gear have got to say about it yeah. because a lot of our audience aren't reading the car mags, aren't looking at any other car media. They just want to know what those funny blokes want to say. Well, and it allows you to not be rushed by PR people and by being on a plate, going going to fucking Ibiza yeah. to drive the new 911 where there's well, fucking... Can you imagine their whole team shows up like with a helicopter hovering? <laughs> and, then, and the PR for Dodge is like, all right, you each get two hours with the car, and then after that you're going to go have sandwiches, and then they've got some fun street tacos for you guys to try. To we used to have, though. The thing is, because we'd find out, for various reasons, sometimes we needed a car pretty much as soon as it was available just because of our timings to get it in the show and we'd find out there was a launch going on and it would be in Ibiza or somewhere like that you know yeah. yes actually that we're going to fly a hundred journalists um, to Morocco yeah. and after Porsche, two right? days of being rubbed yeah. with baby oil they may be allowed to go in the car and we'd be like right what we would like is that car but on a drizzly airfield in Surrey which is where we want to film it and they'd be like well you could come to Ibiza or Morocco or wherever and we'd be like no no we don't no. want to we want it at our home please and and they'd go, no, it's not possible. We'd be like, but you've got the cars on the launch. Take the car you were going to give us on the launch <laughs> and drive like the wind back to Surrey. And the, some of the car companies would Would go, you guys ever send someone to pick that car up? We did do a couple of times, yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And sounds, we did. That sounds like a fun job. Oh, my absolute Just a favorite. road trip across Europe in the new fucking yeah, whatever yeah, no, with no great. other well, obligations. You know the thing is, usually that would be given to sort of the most junior person in the office, which is, is like, we call them runners. Which I, I at think. one point was you, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, on old Top Gear, that was me. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was, and I did used to get. Oh, that's one nice little perk for being a low man on a totem pole. Because well, you just get to go and drive stuff. Yeah. And that's it, because you're not required to do anything else. But um, we did once, we did the race against the train to the south of France, Aston DB9. Oh, uh, yeah. Way back. And the Aston had to be picked up from Aston's place at Gaydon in Warwickshire mm -hmm. and brought down to our airfield so we could start the race the next morning. So we sent 
the junior guy in the office, our runner, because as it turns out, he was actually like he'd done another job and then come to TV late. So he was 28 or something. So he could get the insurance on the Aston. We were like, this is great. John, off you go. Get the train. But what he'd forgotten is that we'd already, up at Gaydon, had the tracker put on the car so that in the film, you remember James and Richard are watching the laptop <laughs> mm-hmm. and they can see where Jeremy is. Oh, right, yeah, That yeah, was yeah. all legit. There was a tracker put on that right, car. Right, yeah. So halfway through that afternoon, we were like, has John got the, has John got the Aston yet? We don't, he wasn't answering his phone. Uh-oh. Well, he wasn't answering his phone because he was in this bloody Aston Martin going, <laughs> So we were like, hang on a minute, pull up the laptop, get, so let's see if this tracker's working. And, yeah. And, he pulled it, yeah, and he was doing like 130 yeah. on the motorway. There you go. Did and he get we went, there in one piece? Uh, not quite, no, because uh, when he was just getting close to our airfield on a quite a narrow road, he misjudged the width of an Aston Martin DB9 and took the bloody mirror off the driver's really door. Really hard to see the passenger front wow. side front wheel yes. from the driver's position yes. of an Aston so, Martin. So the mirror, thankfully, on those is a generic off. It's also on Jags. Because uh. we rang Aston and went, hello, our runner's <laughs> just taken the mirror off your DB9, of which there were like two available at that yeah. point in the country. And we had, we had uh, you know, the whole, not quite the helicopters, but we had everything booked, you know, massive operation. Because so, those races were always done for real, it had to happen the next morning. And so fucking we funny. managed to find a jag bit, and they kind of just sprayed it, I think, to match Fuck the yeah, car. dude. Do what you got to do. It's so, cheaper yeah. to fix the car later. Yes. Hell yeah. yeah, yeah. None of us picked that out. But that's why, you no. know. Yeah, no, that's none why, of us. If, if, you're given, like if you're given that eye. job, you have to, you know, with power comes responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can have fun. Well, we had a car <laughs> show. We, you know, we've been doing TSD for two years, but that was the week of the million-dollar cars. So yeah, we all yeah. lived together. And we, we only lived in this house for like a month. Yeah. Like the monkeys. And, and we had three press cars. Is that a dated we, reference? It probably was. The monkeys, the, the band that yes. from the 60s or something? Yeah. No, yeah. it's brand new. Uh, <laughs> all our listeners who, who love podcasts are well aware of this yes. obscure band that's almost the well, Beatles. There isn't the, this doesn't go out on gramophone record as well. <laughs> what? Um, Next week, Davy Jones is our guest. So we had, we had a, we had a you know, Bentley Flying Spur, and then we had a Rolls-Royce Drophead, yeah. and then we also had like the Mini Cooper and a Boss Mustang. And, and we had just, something an R eight spider. It was all within one week, and it was we had a million. Yeah, we had a million dollars in press cars sitting in the road in front yeah. of our house. Our neighbors all thought we were drug dealers. I yeah. get that a lot. Oh, I got that. People <laughs> see nice cars and they immediately go drug dealer. Well, they see us. And then they they're see, like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah drug yeah. dealers. No, no, when I moved to where like I live now in London, I, I sort of have press cards occasionally. And, and you could see the neighbors, who we all know now, and they're very nice, but they've sort of belatedly confessed, oh, we just assumed that, you know, you were up to something dodgy. I was like, well, like, why would you think that? Because like you have a different $100,000 car well, every exactly, week, but it's like, but then I would have a... I've never you know, known a, a drug dealer to have a different $1,000 exactly. car every week. I got the, that same um, thing. I moved into my new place <laughs> here, and I had a McLaren 650S, a Jag, yeah. um, the Art Coupe, and then the Morgan three-wheeler, and they're all like, what the fuck? What, what yeah, because normal people don't go through a... A half a million dollars a week in cars. Yeah, I'm only limited only, experience. And one if of, people, uh, someone's that rich yeah. and that stupid, drug dealer. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe. Or just I'm a massive stickler for depreciation. Or I love it. Maybe. I love depreciation. If it's Atlanta, rapper. Yeah, yeah. Well, so a friend of mine who used to have a little bit of a, a problem with certain illegal things once <laughs> told me that the guy that he used to buy his stuff off had a Ford Focus, but he had uh, a Ford Focus LX, which was kind of like one up from base. Ooh. And because my friend Neil, oh, shouldn't have said his name. <laughs> it's okay. There's a few uh, of them in the UK. Uh, he 
uh, was into his cars and he once engaged his dealer in conversation about this and went, why have you got that? And he went, oh yeah, no, I bought that specially because originally I was going to get a Focus Z-Tech but it had alloy wheels on it and I didn't want to attract too much attention. <laughs> so he bought the one that had the steelies on it with trims just because it looked more low-key. That's a proper drug dealer. That is true. <laughs> that is. You don't want to have an Aventador going, get your drugs! Drugs <laughs> over here! Ding, I ding, worked ding. for the exotic car rental company and our quickest repo ever during my tenure there was four hours. We rented... A yellow LP640 Roadster to a, to a gentleman for cash up front because his credit was no bueno. <laughs> and we got a call from the NYPD four hours later. Come get your car. Uh, we have it. It's on the side of the road at 118th Street in the, on the west side of Manhattan. And the, the gentleman who'd rented it was slinging rocks out of the car. Like, he bought a car that attracts as much attention Sorry, as really just, possible. I'm, forgive me, I'm British. Do you mean, like, selling crack. crack. Okay, he was selling crack of out like of the car. Rock. Wow. No, like gems. Like, check out these yeah. gemstones, man. There's Wait, cri- power so, in these crystals. So when J-Lo says, don't be fooled by the rocks that I've got, that's I think layered. she's talking about diamonds. Oh, okay. She's talking about diamonds. If it was Whitney Houston... I always thought it's because she owned then it quarry. Would be. <laughs> oh, <there> was- <laughs> then it would be rocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one that could go either way with her. I never thought of that. Um... Okay, another practice. Don't be fooled by the Crocs that I've got. She just loves those very. <laughs> That's Mario Batali's spoof uh, okay. cover. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbest shoe. That's in a the good. World. That'd be a good Weird Al Yankovic cover, actually, wouldn't it? Don't be fooled by the by Crocs, the Crocs that, I that I got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My feet still fucking stink. <laughs> I loved fucking Weird Al when I was a kid. I He's still good. I love His songs. I, are still. I killer. follow him on Instagram. Dude. I love Weird Al. On He's going to be the new band leader on uh, Comedy Bang Bang. Is he? Yeah. Oh, oh good, good for Weird Al. I love. Do you ever see UHF? Weird yeah. Al made a very strange movie in the early eighties called really? UHF. Yeah, he gets he he takes over a TV network. His uncle dies and leaves him like a shitty TV station, and he takes over with all these really bizarre shows. It's fucking hilarious. I forgot until the other day I was watching Naked Gun, and he's in the first Naked Gun film. Fuck, where really? was he in the first? Yeah, Naked there's a Gun? gag where. Frank, is it Frank arrives back from the Middle East right at the start of the film, and he thinks there's a massive crowd waiting for him, and he approaches yeah, the podium yeah. at the bottom of the airplane steps and goes, "Thank you, oh, thank no, you." And weird Al Yankovic. It's like a really weird throwaway cameo, but I, I don't know why. I forgot how good that was. It's immediately then it leads us to that segment where he's driving along and all he keeps seeing is things that look like boobs. It's a really I drove by track. the I drove by the boob um, power plant like the other day. Is that real? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's on the five freeway halfway to San Diego. Let's go there now. <laughs> it's fucking great. I drove by with my girlfriend. She's like tits. <laughs> I just assumed they'd done that, you know, with no. well, not CGI. They, uh, pre- no, they made it look like it was more in the city. It's actually okay. just out on the side of the highway, but it's very, it's a very real thing. It's oh, where they wow. store fake breasts. <laughs> oh, that's in Los Angeles, because I imagine this city gets through quite a lot of them, so you need a. That's like a massive storage. That's the them. Golden Gate Bridge of Los Angeles. It's just a power plant <laughs> shaped like huge tits. <laughs> that's right, Golden Tit Mountain. Yeah. I went to Dollywood. They have a bra flying from a flagpole at Dollywood. <laughs> because they're classy. To God. <laughs> you know Dolly Parton? I'm aware of okay, her, yes. Cool. I don't you know it's on her back. You could, <laughs> you could propel a Viking ship across the ocean with her bra. <laughs> I know a great bit of trivia about Dolly Parton, which I thought was really sweet. There was a documentary at home on, on her. And when she did that film, Nine to Five, she'd never done a movie before. And she didn't know how movies were made. 
and so she memorized the entire script <laughs> and wow. then turned up on set and they went you, you, you don't have to do you that you can do it one day at a time she you know? <laughs> ended up being like the unofficial prompt for the other actors because that's when so they funny. couldn't remember their lines for one take she'd be like no say this honey and yeah I thought how sweet that's, that's really nice which lead, who, yeah, who well. on Top Gear would flub their lines the most um that's a really hard question, actually, because they were all really good. I was always staggered at how they could just memorise and say stuff. I mean, you know, they if we were doing studio links, Hammond, One Take Wonder, the yeah. best, unbelievable. And the thing is, he would do, if he was just a straight down-the-barrel kind of, here, I'm linking into this, this next film, um, he would just do it, and then you'd think, hang on a minute, that's something, that's not right. The usual, but an and discussion i think it should have been a but not an and and you go and have a little chat and you go well, and he said well what, what if i said it this way and like, yeah yeah cool go and say that back on camera like that same thing bang say on. it and do it one take incredible um and then james and jeremy they were both really good i just i just because well you've tried it memorizing yes, stuff and then difficult. saying no, it's very, it very difficult. The aching black void it's of a camera difficult. is much harder than it looks and people make it look easy but it's yeah. not well Hammond probably had that radio practice of yeah. live reads and everything and just talking Hammond to Hammond started his career on BBC Radio Cumbria Cumbria is like a very rural part of the northwest of sounds England. like that sounds like it's out of some fucking hobbit shit yeah oh it's proper <laughs> hobbit it's, it's middle earth it probably earth. looks and, like it's middle earth too uh, he used to have to do something called the lamb bank which was local farmers who had freshly made sheep. I don't want to know oh where this is going. No, I'm uh, so excited. Did Hammond uh, fuck a sheep? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, cool. Fact, well, no, he, he does look at Wales, does he? Of he does now, yes. <laughs> um, so Lambank was, uh, if you had a, a, a lady sheep that had died in childbirth, you had to find a surrogate mother. So you've got all these orphaned lambs, and the farmers would would ring in and go could you read out that I've got three orphaned lambs but this was like Isn't half an hour prevalent? of him going and um, <laughs> David Jenkins of uh, Suffolk Farm uh, in Derwent Mortar has got three lambs looking for and he would just have to do this as a read straight read he couldn't even go we'll be back in a minute with more lambs but here's Tina Turner it was, there was none of that, of that exist? Had, I don't know because oh it was live God, so probably not but yeah <laughs> And if you can do that, my God, you mm -hmm. can go, look, here's a new Nissan, and we're going to show you. I think if you can announce strippers. What? Coming to the main stage oh. in Cindy. <laughs> I think you can talk cars. Strontium. <laughs> get your dolls you, out and get your hoes out. Nissan oh, Stanza. Wow. <laughs> have you ever seen uh, private Do people announce airport? strippers? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Dude, have you never been to a titty bar in Florida? And you no. have not lived, no, my I friend. Haven't. Might I recommend lollipops in Daytona Beach? I'll write that down. If you ever find yourself in that. I don't. Room. We used to. There was a period in our history of making Top Gear when we were. Um, we used to go out a lot and we would end up in, in strip clubs in London. And That sounds we used right. to use, good. We used to use general. TV's Richard Hammond as our sort of VIP oh, club. Really? Yeah, we'd push him to the front. And, but the point at which I think he went, guys, please stop doing this, is when they went, oh, Mr. Hammond, how many people Seems with like you? like he would and be a little embarrassed by yeah, that. Yeah, he was <laughs> mortified. <laughs> but at the same time, we were all what we would call piss artists, and it's the only place to get a late drink after a certain time is to go to a, a, a titty bar. And But I don't like titty bars. I know it's not a very manly thing to say, but I don't like titty bars. I don't like titty I bars either, except in Florida. Right. Florida's different. Okay, so don't go Florida, to any of London. Yeah. Well, you're on the Florida drunk schedule if you're in Florida going to that. That's a whole other thing with how people get fucked up. In Florida, you're a god for $100. A god. 
And wow, I that's mean, like seventy-five pounds. That's a and the girls—it's—it's it's at the intersection of hot and low self-esteem, Florida. Uh. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's really where you want to be for a strip club. Plus, isn't that a the Simpsons dollar gag? isn't worth Is much it? there. Your money goes a long way. It's very nice. Isn't that Homer Simpson line where he goes, "Florida, that's America's wang." <laughs> <laughs> I lived there for eight years. I don't miss a second of it. Yeah, it's Florida's Florida's what about great. Stifling humidity. Is that not? Something it is. You- you can walk out your door at 3 o'clock in the morning, and it's exactly as hot as it was at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, it's oh. pretty brutal down there. Although once, I was in Florida walking back from a party at sort of 3 in the morning, when it was stiflingly hot, mm-hmm. and I saw a tortoise walking down the street. And I thought that was cool. And I've never bothered to check if they're indigenous or if it was an escaped tortoise. <laughs> <laughs> but was, I just thought that was quite cool, because uh, like he was, was going about his business. Snapping turtles will transfer around like that. Okay. They're, I yeah. think they're around. And gators. They Lots are. of gators. Yeah. We yes. used to have gators in the Lots road. Lots of gators. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Pr- uh, practical Top Gear production question again, because this, again, this is more about how we make videos going forward. So the guys do a road trip across some country, and they're, you know, they're driving for 40 hours of driving, whatever it is. Yeah. Are their cameras, is their in-car cameras sped the entire time and someone sifts through 40 hours on a giant hard drive later? Yeah, pretty yeah, much. I figured. Yeah. See that? That's where it becomes tough. See that when you when people talk about like the huge budget, it's not just blowing shit up. Mm. Like having a rig that blowing can record. Stuff up is cheap compared to having to sift through. Yeah, having you know. ha- having a rig that supports that, and then having a guy have to sit there and watch it for you know dig for diamonds in there. That's how shit gets expensive, like super quick. Yeah, and it keeps getting more expensive as TV quality goes up. So when HD came in, that gets more expensive because mm-hmm. it's taking up more. You have to double the size of your hard drive. Yeah, and now 4K your is going to make things just yeah. way up expensive. You need like like on Amazon Prime streaming megabytes. 4K. Uh, yeah, they do. They they're all 4K. Is Amazon Prime 4K yet? Yeah, yeah they, they, they put some right. 4K stuff. Man, yeah. the high castle was, I think. Yeah, um, and that just eats up. I mean, it's just it's so just much data. Really mundane things. Data, that's, data storage. Is the amazing thing is that's going to come down a lot very soon. It's going to get cut in I'd be very curious half. to know what, you know, Top Gear slash, you know, Africa Special, what that, what that file looks like in terms of data. Like, Huge. Like, is that, a, is that a terabyte? That that show is it uh, two t- two or three terabytes? You mean like the final export? That no, goes no, not to not video? the export. The raw the footage. footage. I'm curious oh, the enti- as to yeah, the entirety you of the took footage. all that footage and put it on a oh, on a hard I'm drive. I'm guessing for one of those shows, what at that, least five or six way, terabytes. Right? Those, towards the end, when we we're doing those the, the specials, the sort of Christmas specials, and we were sending them out across a continent somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, we would generally have got it worked out logistically that halfway through, somebody would fetch all the cards that they'd done so far and yeah. bring them back to the UK to start the ingest so that they were ahead of the curve when, mm-hmm. when we got back because yeah, yeah, as soon as yeah. they got back they'd have to start start trying to and someone, someone's it. getting on a plane with a fucking briefcase chained yeah. to their arm yes. with a yes. hundred memory cards in yes. it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Cra- you don't want to go shit. oh I've left my bag on the plane oh I know yeah I know you know yeah. I know I just because that was once only once someone said to me oh could you take this box of tapes into town if you're, I was going to a meeting in town could you just take this box of tapes the rushes and drop them at the edit I was like, that's the most nerve-wracking. Because yeah. mm-hmm. it's also the BBC. I, I know I was saying they're sort of well-funded for things that matter, but they just do not waste money on things that don't. So the chances of getting a taxi on the production are zero. 
It's like, there's a tube station out there, get on the fucking tube. Oh my Sitting God. on the tube with these... Because the thing is, if you lose, you know, the, the finished thing on tape, well, it's fine, it's backed up. If you lose the rushes... Yeah. Sorry, guys, we've got to go all the way back to Africa and reshoot. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not going to happen, so it's terrifying. Did, was there ever, like, a massive data loss like that where an entire segment... Just the, the the hard drives crashed or some. There would yeah, we used to get corrupted cards and stuff like that. Yeah. it's just it's heartbreaking. It is because totally you're is. always convinced that the good stuff is on the card that's broken. I've I've had I mean not that I've I've lost you know millions of dollars because I've, a, a Top Gear film went missing, but I've had entire days. I had a hard drive crash on me a month ago, and I lost two day two two full days of work. This is Gone. the world we live in, isn't it? Now we're just. It's crazy. Never happened with tape. Didn't, have, didn't happen with film. Well, I suppose the building could burn down. Did you down guys ever shoot on film? No. Well, sometimes we get directors who'd go on one of what we used to call director wank odysseys, where they just go, <laughs> "Oh, I've got a, you know, get, get an eight We're going to shoot on seventy millimeter. But that would be that would be you know some proper digi beta or, or whatever. You know, in the background. Yeah. Digi beater. Did you sounds be- so old fashioned. I love that. I like that term, digi beater. Did you know what I mean? Oh, you'd say beta. Yeah. Maybe, but yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. just the old like beta a, format. Yeah. yeah. And there was, so yeah. there was beta and there was digi beta or beta. And then, because we used to, <laughs> when I was a researcher on old Top Gear, you'd call up stuff. Because the great thing about the BBC as well, a huge archive, and you can call this stuff up if you just need some generic footage of something. And then there's a way of searching it. And so you go, I just need some footage of, I don't know, like a flock of birds taking off from a tree. You'd search through the thing. You'd find what you thought was right. You'd order it up from the archive. It would turn up the next day. You'd go and get it. And it would be on something like Umatic, <laughs> my favorite dated tape format, which I think lasted for four months. And then everyone went, this is rubbish, because the tapes were like the size of a door. Yeah. And, but it was great. You go, what is this? And sometimes you'd call up somebody you go, I need some black and white footage of cars driving in the 50s. And then a can, a can of film would turn up. And you'd have to go Howard upstairs. Howard Hughes Productions yeah, on it. it. But it was like, fantastic. Because when I worked at BBC Birmingham on Old Top Gear, which was a great place, because it was full of people who'd worked there for sort of like 50 yeah. years. And you'd go upstairs to tape transfer. Yeah. And a man who looked like a geography teacher, <laughs> sort of, a, sort of a tie with sort of soup stains on it, would go, let me just hook up the machine. And then, and then he'd tell you about all these different things that he'd done. What's horrifying is how much that process costs. Well, not at the BBC. At the BBC. Because they have the machines Oh, already, my right? God. I had a similar situation where we did something, and we, we had got a helicopter, and we'd spent all our money, and we got some... I think, I think the fucking... The camera was called a Viper or a Tomahawk. I mean, it had some fucking army murder name on the camera, you know, and shot a thousand frames per second. And then to get the tape transcoded into a usable format was thousands upon thousands yeah. of dollars. Just to just to look at the fucking tape. Well, it's because there's shot. only one guy in the world that fucking does it. It was so insane. That's fine. You probably, but if that was a few years ago, you'll find that actually you can do that on an iPhone now. That what that camera <laughs> no, was doing that was called like a spitting cobra or something. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of. There's a thing. I don't know if this happens in the US, but in the UK, it's like you typically get people who who sort of learned their trade in television at the BBC or somewhere else that, and then they'll go and set up their own production company. And if they're a man. They will always call their production company something excessively manly, like belt-fed machine gun pictures <laughs> or something like that. It's ridiculous. And I met, I bumped into a guy I used to work with out here in Los Angeles. And I said, what are you doing? He said, I'll set up a company out here. And I was like, oh, yeah? Has it got some stupid manly name? And he went, 
it's called Firex Pictures. Come on, and you can tell honestly, London is full of all these companies That's called so just fucking like funny. Nail Gun Films Limited. And it's really, just, yeah, it's so the thing out here is always the I street name, Third Street Productions, or some bullshit. Yeah, they like always that. They, they they go with here. It's like they pick the most obvious possible thing. Like it'll be you know their address, one two three Productions. Right. Yes. They, it's like hence Cloverfield. It's, it's almost ironically lazy. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 There's a lot of restaurants here that are just like four six four, and you're like, "Yes, we're at four six four Main." <laughs> How you did guys. you come up? And they have Brussels sprouts and beets and burrata and a well, this was the, this was the and burger a really place, good short rib. No, those places are always called you know pork tin belly. roof or like brusque wood or <laughs> knife and fork. That's well, all, the that's, thing. That's, there's, that's there's, new American. There's a lot of marketing and content creation agencies in London, oh, and yeah. someone said, um, "If you want to get your London." content agency name uh, it's the colour of the car you're driving at the moment and the type of animal you had as a first pet that's great because it is it's all you come up with blue fish or green cat pictures or something like that that's it's, so fun. it's like coming up with a porn name yes you know, it's like your middle name and then the street you were born on no that's your novelist name well, that's, your, that's your airport porn was like your see those, those are English rules first road you lived on that's why I was yeah. Thunder Meadows oh that's true yeah. I'd be Conrad Beverly <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, cause, Sounds yeah, like I Betty thought, White's porn name. I got a good one. <laughs> Betty White's porn name is Come Estelle in. Getty, bizarrely. <laughs> um, the, yeah. the porn name in the UK is, is uh, uh, your first pet's name and then your mother's maiden name. Because one of my friends is Twinkle O'Malley. <laughs> like the Irish porn I've got a really good one. <laughs> my name would have been Frisky Bishopric. Oh, oh God. Twinkle really? O'Malley. Holy wow. shit. Wow. That's hilarious. Uh, my bladder is telling me it's break time. Yeah, we're a little past. All it. right. We'll be back in a minute uh, with uh, Richard and uh, Jonathan, who's I'm listening. bearded. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Harry's razors. I shaved my head the other day. I used my Harry's razor, and it was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. Harry's razors. Uh, I've been using their stuff for like a month. Actually, I really dig it. They uh, they have really high quality blades. They make their own stuff. There's no middleman. It's factory direct. They built a factory, or they, I'm sorry, they bought a factory in Germany that's been operating for like a hundred years, and they make their own blades. And when they get to me, they're nice and smooth. They're delicious. I love them. And I've been using their face wash a lot too, actually. By cutting out the middleman, Harry's offers an amazing shave at a fraction of the price of drugstore brands. Stop pissing your money away on all those name brand items. Harry's razors. The shipping is free. The blades go directly from the German factory straight to your door at factory direct prices. Say goodbye to choosing between expensive brands or cheap disposables. Say hello to Harry's high-quality bra- blades at a price you'll love. Go to harrys.com right now and enter our code Tire at checkout to get five dollars off your first purchase. Get a month's worth of shaving for just ten bucks with code Tire at checkout. It's Harry's.com code Tire. Uh, we love hearing from you. Keep uh, commenting on us on our uh, site on iTunes. If you use iTunes, please. If not, hit us up on Twitter. We read them all. Uh, and also, we've got a survey going on. Our listener survey at podcast.com. Your responses will help the show make the show the best it can be, and you'll help Podcast One continue granting your requests. It'll take about three minutes of your time. And you'll get the instant gratification that comes with knowing you help support the show. Go to podcastone.com and take our survey, and keep those comments on iTunes coming. 
Forza Motorsport. You know what I did the other day? I was exporting a whole bunch of video, and I pissed away half the day playing Forza Motorsport 6 Vintage Road Touring Series. I was driving a Ferrari 250 GTO. That car makes a great drift car. Really wonderful on those skinny tires. Rarely used as such. Rarely used as such, but really should be. It's like the Italian Hachiroku, really. The Forza franchise is available exclusively on Xbox and offers something for everybody. Whether it's the track-focused features on Forza Motorsport 6, uh, they've got the new Lycan Hypersport, which, believe it or not, is a real car, and uh, the Koenigsegg 1 to 1, the 250LM, all these cool old cars, new cars. There's over 450 of them. Friend us on TST Racing to uh, race us online. Someone tweeted me this morning and said, your Drivatar crashed into me. I said, well, he's a dick. He is. I can't control him. I wasn't playing. Sorry. TST Racing uh, on Forza Motorsport 6. Available at leading retailers and online and in person nationwide. Check out ForzaMotorsport.net for more details. I believe Forza Horizon is being given out in one of the new Xbox bundles, too. Oh, really? It's like 330 or something. It's a really good deal. Sweet. All right. ForzaMotorsport.net. And we are back. All right. And the most important, uh, of course, plug of the day. And on that bombshell, the new book by Richard Porter is on sale on Amazon. Yes. And in in stores in the UK, not yes. in America, sadly. Well, it might be in some. I just don't know. Just buy it on Amazon. Yes. Everyone in, the, everyone in America. Sh- I buy fucking toilet paper on Amazon. Everyone buys shit on Amazon here. Yeah. I they're going to deliver by drone. I, I buy nappies on Amazon. Oh, Speaking of which, can you talk about Jeremy's fucking drone commercial for Amazon? <laughs> can we talk about that for a minute? If we can try. That was, I mean, it was a pretty cool commercial, actually. He did a really good job. And the commercial was very entertaining. But is that is that shit really going to happen? What, is he going drone? to shill for Amazon in future? No, no, no. I know, of course, he's going to shill for <laughs> Amazon in the future. Someone's got to pay the bills in this bitch. Yeah. But the drone thing... <laughs> oh God! I don't know. You're asking yeah, yeah. the wrong it's, guy. I mean, uh, yeah, it's happening. Really? Yeah, they're working on it. Yeah, so when then, you had lunch with him, you didn't go, Jeremy. The fucking drones. That's do you know going what? On. <laughs> no, but because bear in mind that Jeremy's not the most technically literate person, and he all he kept on telling me was how brilliant the voice control was on the Amazon Fire thing. Have you seen this? No, the, no, it was a really good voice control. Well, uh, after he, I went and bought one of those bloody Fire sticks because I saw him shilling that, and I was like, <laughs> all right. Good way to support your and friend, I had though. to say to because then and then he rang me and I was like, if you're ringing about the Fire stick, I got one. <laughs> Leave me alone. And um. But they, if you buy this, there's two files. I realized I bought the cheap one. doesn't have it. But on the app, on the phone, it does have the voice control. And I remembered this when I wasn't near my TV or the Fire Stick. But I just opened the app and did the voice control. And when I went downstairs, the TV had turned on. And it was sort of looking up planes, trains, and automobiles. It's, it is actually quite good. They've got huh. paid for no, 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 them, I, by I the way. Yeah. I, I just... Well, I well. All right. Looks like we're good. All right. Sorry about that, people. Our computer fucking crashed. It happens. We were talking about fire sticks, but we don't need to continue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So in, I want to go back to the book because I, there's so many. I, God, I could fuck. There, there's like so much shit I could talk. I want to know more about from the book because you're sitting here that I, I feel like we could spend just eight hours on this. But I always thought when I watched Top Gear that the photographs of the production office trailer were a joke. Mm. Until I read your book and found out that that wasn't a joke, that that shitbox trailer was your actual office. Yes. That, that yeah. to me, is crazy. Because when you think about how much money that show spent... <laughs> it should have been oak panels. You left it on the screen. 
yes. the money went onto the street. Yes, also because our producer, Andy Warman, when we moved into our new, essentially like a glorified double-wide trailer, they said, the people who owned it, the airfield where we were, said, we can, we can make this nice, we can put some carpet in. And, and he went, no, <laughs> leave it as it is, because it sharpens the mind. To what, mm. to be cold and shitty? Yes, to be miserable and freezing means that we won't get ideas above our station. Because we used to get people coming in from the BBC every so often, and they go, did you know you're the most illegally downloaded show in the world? And we're like, well, A, how do you know? Because illegal downloaders don't generally tell you this stuff. Yeah. And secondly, what are we supposed to do with that? And so when it got to the point where they were saying to us that we were, we were being legitimately watched by 350 million people around the world, again, what do you do with that? Except as for a better you, office, maybe. Well, <laughs> yeah, but by then we sort of we sort of got to like it, and it was it was just it was our home. It was shit, but it was our home. I like that they that they bragged about the illegal because only the BBC could do. You know what I mean? Bragging about illegally downloaded content you actually get, does benefit the BBC, right? Well, because they're not losing money on it in a way that a commercial organization would exactly, be because they're not making mean. any money. Well, I mean, they are making money because they were selling it to broadcasters around the world. But I don't know. What can you do? What can you do but to when stop you start it? Talking about when you start talking about downloads like that, you're factoring in a lot of countries that have no distribution deals. So you wouldn't be making money on them anyway. I mean, I bootlegged Top Gear. Oh, I did too. From beginning to end, I yeah. bootlegged because it was the only way I could watch it. Yeah, 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 I mean, up until like Netflix only, and and is, I guess it is B- on Netflix, right? BBC yeah. America. Uh, no, uh, only the last. Well, there was three BBC seasons. America for a while, but that hacked down to forty-four minutes bullshit did not fly with me. Yeah, that, and so that, I fucking oh, they I, were horrible. I edits. fucking torrented it because it was the only way I could watch it. I'm sorry. Do you know the worst? The worst <laughs> I had no edits. other option. In the early days, they used to ask us for a half-hour edit. Of an hour-long show. Did you reply show. with, "Excuse me, no, fuck we just that did it. noise." You it cut was it for, to a half hour. It was for God, it, it was for shit. Some branch of the BBC that it seemed to be exclusively providing content to TVs in hotel rooms or something. I don't know what it was, but I remember being on holiday once, turning on the TV, <laughs> and there was an episode of Top Gear from the first series. So this was way, way back. But what was weird about it was I thought I'm going to watch this, and then suddenly there was a there was a jump cut, and I thought, <laughs> wait a second, this is an edit, and then you had to watch it. And it, it was it was the first series, so it wasn't James May, it was Jason Dore, and there was a, a a VT with Jeremy in it, and there was a VT with Richard, and there was a bit of studio chat with the two of them, and then the show ended abruptly, <laughs> and it was Jeremy saying thanks for watching, good night, and there was Jason waving goodbye. Now, if you'd never seen the show, which most people hadn't at that point, there was just some fat guy <laughs> waving goodbye. He looked like a competition winner or something. It was embarrassing, and this was because they'd had to cut out all yeah, of the rest yeah. of him from the program because it was a half-hour edit of a. I mean, it's just oh, absurd, it's awful. So yeah, we used to, but. That's the thing. You had to do these things. Cause they but that shit to. hurts when you put that much effort into it. Yeah, we used to. But we had a producer in the early days. We had this, this Irish guy called Pete who used to just do the, the – the, he'd get his axe out and just start hacking at the Ooh. shows. Also, for the worldwide edits that were going on TV in other countries where they hadn't got the, the clearance for the music, you know, we'd have used some original tracks – not oh, clear. No. We used to have generic music Thursdays where Pete would sit at his computer and try and find music that sounded like popular hits of the day. And he'd just there sit there all day going, no, no, this isn't it. No, no. And <laughs> it's like Vanilla Ice. No, no, no. Mine is dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, dun. It's the <laughs> that's where change, it's. <laughs> change one note and you're fine. But yeah. yeah, all of that stuff had to go on. It's a shame. But that's the thing. And I could understand why people would illegally download the show because then you were hopefully getting the original, which was the way we wanted you to see it. 
Yeah, that, I mean, for a very long time, that was the only option. The first Top Gear, I can recall the first time I ever saw Top Gear. It was the Ariel Adam video, which was, I mean, mo- I mean, just a monster hit on early YouTube. Yes, oh, the, with the face. With, with the, the face yeah, thing, yeah, 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 yeah. It was fucking great. I, I, I actively tried to go buy an Ariel Adam after that. I found out they were very difficult to insure, uh, to register in the U.S. At the there time. are some in the U.S., aren't there? Now, yeah, yeah okay, but like right. 10 years ago, it was it was very kind of hit or miss with registering. You Have go you up seen to the, the canyons here on the weekend, you'll see yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Dude, awesome. the Nomad, we know the guy here who is the, the U.S. distributor for, the, for them, ah. and he has promised Nomad seat time. He's yes. promised Nomad Seat Time. Yes. He just got to do a new thing called the Draken. Have you seen the Draken? No. The Draken's fucking badass. John got to drive it as well. Pull up a picture. Uh, Zach, we pull up a picture of the Draken mm-hmm. for Richard. It's it's um, it's like an Atom, but it's a little more solid. 2,000 pounds more, with an LS what? It has an LS3 LS, in the middle yeah. of it. Longitudinally mounted LS3. Ricardo transaxle. Yeah. Fucking, it, it's a nasty bitch of a car. It's really, really good fun. Wow. Um, that's there's the Draken. Oh, it's really really neat. Wow, and what? it's uh, and of those cars, it is the it's the most like solid feeling. Yeah, you know, because the Adam's like what thirteen hundred like pounds or something. It's, it's oh, it's, I, I can't remember pounds now. I forgot light. pounds. I, <laughs> it's honestly, it's. Re- I was thinking about this today because I quite admire the fact that uh, America has just gone no imperial. We work in <laughs> imperial measures. We're consistent. That's in the Britain, Dragon chassis with no body pounds. Oh wow. Is that made here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Ah, okay. It's neat. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, we can't do... In Britain, I think a lot of what we do in Britain is to design to annoy and confuse foreigners, like our spelling of words, and also our insistence on just blending the metric and imperial systems yeah, at will. Yeah, just completely in random places. So we drive in miles an hour, but kids are taught uh, centimeters and meters in schools. And they're sold... Fu- gas is sold in fucking liters. It is now, yes. Was it not for? It, it used to be in gallons, and then but eventually. It was, oh, but your gallon was different than our. Our gallon is bigger than your gallons. Yeah. When my wife, because my wife's American, and when my wife moved to the UK, I used to try and mess with her head by things that she was unfamiliar with, trying to tell her the wrong pronunciation of them. So when she went, okay, yeah. So I, I know someone told me this is going to be like fifty centimeters. I'd be like. Darling, it's centimeters. <laughs> <laughs> and she very quickly got wise to this. Also, you know, we have a lot of place names that aren't said the way they're, they're spelt. Mm. And there's a motorway that runs from London up to Birmingham called the M40, which has got, for some reason, all of the junctions, the places off it are particularly arcane spellings. And I, I used to start, I, so we'd just be driving up, I'd go, go on, what's that place? Go on, say it. Just for my own amusement, because I was hoping she'd go... Is it Warwick? And I'll be like, close, but not quite. It's Warwick. I know it has a W in the middle, but you don't say it. But then one day, there's a place called Bicester. Now, Bicester, Bicester. it's spelled Bicester. And I said, go on, what's that place? And she went, is it Bicester? And I was like, oh, damn it. Have you been cheating? And she went, no, I just tried to think of the most fucked up way to put that (laughs) We've actually got that, though. If you go to Massachusetts... You will get that same thing. Yeah. Where we've got all those old spelling. We have alternate pronunciations to what you have, but nobody here can say them either. Like we, the classic one is Worcester. Yeah, Worcester. Nobody even. They're like, what is that? Worcester? Nope. Worcester. <laughs> yeah, they uh, colonial America managed to take all the popular English yeah. places and just fuck them up a little bit. But then Mind we mash them with the Indian uh, names too, though. Yeah, that too. Yeah, we arrived at LAX the other day, and we had to get the the bus to the parking place where mm-hmm. I got a car arranged and um a, there's a it's are you going to say this sepulveda yes the pronunciation of sepulveda yeah Boulevard? right now yes. i know it's sepulveda and <laughs> I, I, I i just blanked at the last minute and my wife went where are we going and i went we've got to look out for the bus that goes to sepulveda oh, and she no. just went 
Please don't do this. Tourists. Don't say that's the bus driver. <laughs> but there is, if you go to like uh, South Florida, like Orlando area, there's a Sepulveda there that is Sepulveda. Really? Oh, yep. Well, here, you know, my favorite is here, uh, you know, Rodeo Drive. Yes. North of you know, Beverly, <laughs> north of Jefferson is Rodeo, south of Jefferson is Rodeo. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought it would be south of the Mason-Dixon line. It'd be right. Wow. Really? I never knew that. (laughs) Same thing. Oh, is (laughs) it? Well, similar. It's an economic boundary. Uh, Okay, right, right, right. I I hate to talk about the end of Top Gear. Can we talk about the end end of Top Gear? It's a shame. Yeah, it was a bit of a shame. I read... You know what happened? I read your book, and then I went on Netflix and watched the last two episodes that aired after Jeremy got canned. Yeah. And they were fucking really good. It really bummed me out yeah. to watch them because they were extra. The Citroen Beast was incredible, yeah. which I read about in your book yeah. about getting drunk on camera. Oh, no, that, was, that, that made it out before. Was it Peugeot or Citroen? No, it was Peugeot. Peugeot. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Peugeot. Um, and and that, that was, yeah, being drunk on television. It was that, yeah, because he, he got a. They, remember I was talking about the boardroom idea where we have a fake boardroom and, and reenact the decisions that led to terrible cars? Mm-hmm. They actually did that. Oh, okay. They did it. For, we can't do it now because they did it for real in this in this video. Do you know what? I was so proud of that because, again, <laughs> it's one of those ones where you, you're glad that we have a bit of budget because I said, what if we do this fake boardroom thing? And we were talking about it. And, and Jeremy went, yes, we'll do this. And then, you know, when he runs with an idea, it's just that there's a million of suggestions yeah. coming out. And he's he, fantastic for that. But the one thing I said was, well, if we're setting this in mythical Paris, we have to do it like any movie from the 80s would do it, where all views of Paris are of the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> but we were going to shoot it in Oxfordshire. So we spent the money on, we did it in the conference room at a hotel, quite a nice hotel, country country hotel, because it was a wood-paneled room, which we Very, wanted. Very, uh, not Victorian, well, uh, 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 Baroque? No, Baroque. Uh, yeah, it was kind of... Rococo? Baroque? Or uh, I, I, I it looked know. fucking French. Well, it did, but it was an oak panel room. So the oak panel room was real, but the, the we had a massive green screen built out the back, <laughs> uh, like against the window <laughs> outside, an and then projected an Eiffel Tower onto it in, in post. And and that kind of thing, we just... And it's one of those many, many moments of working on Top Gear for 13 years where you're there going... This is happening. Something stupid I said in the office is now happening. Yeah. So cool. Oh, God, so where are the grown-ups who are going to stop this? Dumb ideas that become reality are the greatest. Yeah, but I it mean, happens the all greatest. the time. All the time. You just go, what about this? And then suddenly it's happening. And that's the thing about TV is that when you have a dumb idea, obviously it's sort of it's quite complicated and often expensive to make it happen. But it's like I, I, there's a comedian in the UK called Paul Merton who said that he liked doing radio comedy as opposed to TV because if you write a script and you say and then the man is standing uh, minding his own business and a cow falls on his head in radio they dig out some sound effects in yeah, TV yeah. you're standing in the middle of a field in Wiltshire <laughs> at 3am freezing your ass off while they try and make the artificial cow stay on the cherry picker and it's like it takes forever and yeah. it costs a fortune but yeah. we used to do stupid things all the time that were just you know in an office going uh, what if we and then didn't you? I think you mentioned in your book that by accident someone dropped a very expensive piano on a Morris Marina. Yes, <laughs> like one of those pianos. Well, it that wasn't came expensive, the... but it, it should have been. Oh, really? Because we had this running gag about mm-hmm. pianos yeah. being dropped on Morris Marinas, and and Marina fans were very cross and used to write in and go, "How dare you!" And yeah. this just made us do it more because we were childish. 
But then someone wrote in and said, uh, that piano you dropped on that marina last week, uh, that looked to me like an extremely <laughs> rare uh, Howard and Sons. And we were like, oh, my God, we broke an expensive piano. Shh, it was a rare one. Oh, what are we doing? Whereas the marinas, we didn't. No one gets <laughs> Well, there's loads of marinas around. I mean, it's not the end of the world. It was an extra bummer just to at the, the timing of the cancellation of the show because they were really they were really trying to set up that hypercar showdown and they really kind of built. Well, well yeah, I, I would counter that with it was really a bummer with the cancellation of the show because I had just you got also some plans drawn up for my kitchen to yes. be extended. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I my mean, builder. I've got this fantastic Cockney builder called Paul, and he came round and he went. So what's going on here? Then I went. Well, we're not doing the kitchen extension now, Paul. And he went. He's really fucked you, isn't he? <laughs> Old Jeremy. He's really fucked you. He's fucked you, isn't he? I was like, yeah, all right. Leave it. It's, oh, it sucks. It's fine. Uh, we are you can't, you can't punch people at work, though. No. You can't. I mean, you, you can't. can't do that. No. Like, you can get away with being kind of a dick because being kind of a dick is partially what got you all those views. <laughs> but you can't translate that into fucking hitting people. No, it was the line that was crossed, and it's just, it was really sad. And, um,. You know, it was a moment of madness, but it shouldn't have happened, and there's no coming back from it, really. Could you even imagine the lawsuit that would come out of them if that had happened here? I mean... It would probably be worse if it was in America. I imagine there would be many lawsuits. Uh, possibly, yeah. I, don't, I mean... Could be. Someone's, someone's looking to fucking sweep up all that money in America. Believe yeah, me. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, because you have those things, and uh, that thing that always gets me in bars in California, where you have to have the sign that warns you that alcohol's being served. Yeah, there. right. Like, I know it is. I'm in a bar. Yeah. It's not. I'm leaving. Warning: substances served here might yeah, get you that's fucked it. up. Substances as well. <laughs> like, what substances? Where can I get them? But like, do, I don't even know what to say. Like, is it weird for those guys to to then get this huge monster Amazon deal? Is it's kind of like. I hate to say it. It's like he's Jeremy's being rewarded a little bit for punching someone in the workplace, isn't he? Um, well, I don't know. I, I don't think he... That's Not that he doesn't feel bad or that he would yeah, do it again. But I, I mean, we would have just carried on doing what we'd done. And I think we all liked doing what we did at the BBC for various reasons. And, and part of it was because we liked being the naughty kids at school. And and it was good to have something to kick back against. I you know I think I don't know what the Amazon arrangement is going to be like, but I think they've paid some money for some people they trust to do what they do. And we like the fact the BBC were always telling us off. And secretly they must have liked what we did because we got them viewers. But at the same time, the number of occasions when they went, mm, I shouldn't do that. That's not good. And and we we just went, oh no. Well, we won't do it again. <laughs> yeah. It was that was part it's of scheduled what for made next the week. program exactly what it was. So. Well, that's how you that's how you keep it fresh is by constantly, you know, dodging their nose. Yeah. It's like, well, I pushed this button and now that's my one shot at that. Yeah. So I need to go find the new button yeah, exactly. to push. Yeah, exactly. Like they won't let us do that. Yeah, so you get one shot at instead. everything, yeah. you know. Yeah, and it is it was always exactly like being at high school. We've been told off for drawing God, on the desks, so, so let's draw on the walls next but time. But given you're not going to have the pushback, so you're not going to have anybody to fight against in this new iteration, it's going to be interesting because now you don't have any government intervention and you have Amazon, which is an unlimited budget, effectively. Uh, I don't think it's yeah, unlimited, but it's a it's lot unlimited. of fucking money. Yeah, yeah. well, I, the, the thing is that all the numbers that were quoted, what people have missed on that is that that has to cover boring things like desks yeah, 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 and yeah, insurance yeah. and computers. And I don't even think I recalled how many years that money was supposed to last. It's I think probably it's supposed more to be a three-year deal. Yeah, yeah. it's probably so more than one. So that's the thing. So. When you actually break it down, 
and you start going, well, some of those many millions are going to have to go on a man who is does like the legal stuff and yeah, things yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. you know, and uh, that's expensive. There's there's a lot of stuff which was sort <coughs> of came effectively for free at the BBC because they just have in-house lawyers and they have yeah, in-house yeah, insurance yeah, yeah. and they they provide you with desks, computers, and there's a lot of boring accounting that goes on that they they then sort of write it off again. But but the fact is that if you need one of my favourite things at the BBC was the pronunciation department. And there was a Explain number. Explain that. Right, there's a number you could ring. If you were suddenly... Uh, I remember there was one. Jeremy wanted this thing. It was the Mercedes SLR, I think. And he wanted to... Do you know Morel Mushrooms? Yeah, yeah Morel. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. So I didn't know whether you called them... Because I always get confused with, like, oregano and arugula. And what is arugula? Is that rocket? What arugula? Is, is that it's lettuce? Like a letter, yeah. yeah, we call yeah. it rocket. Oh why, yeah, okay. I've heard it called rocket. But as so, well, but yeah. yeah, so morel mushrooms are the same in the US yeah. as they are in the UK, and and um, but and, and Jeremy wanted to make a point, one of his grand metaphors with morel mushrooms. But then he was like, "Is it moral or morel?" And I went, "Hang on a minute, I'll call the pronunciation department." And you just rang a number. And they were always incredibly calm and well-spoken people. Of course they are. They sit around a fucking phone well, and tell you. It was only when I... There's some shit. department there's a somewhere room. in the there's BBC. Room. Just like, and I always well, imagined if it had, like, wing-back leather armchairs. Of course and wood there paneling. <laughs> I'd since found out it was just a really shitty office and television <laughs> centre, but that's not the point. And they, they would go... And if you'd ring them with something a bit intriguing, they'd go, ooh, that's a good one. We'll get back to you. <laughs> Is this broadcast critical? And you'd be like, well, we are standing in the middle of a runway at the moment, oh, about God. to do a take, so yeah, I'm could crew. you... I'm in Bolivia! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you'll, I think you'll find it's pronounced Bolivia. Driving a Mercedes with no doors in fucking it's Bolivia! Just, uh, I believe it's pronounced Yayo. <laughs> also, if you're a real purist as well, because you have to say pronunciation rather than pronunciation, a friend of mine who worked in a different program at the BBC used to wind them up by ringing them and go, hi, is that the pronunciation department? <laughs> they go, no! But yeah, that, I bet that they're kind great, of thing. They're great fun to fuck with, I bet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Someone get the jerky quite. boys, the pronunciation department's <laughs> number. <laughs> I, I, I just great. picture a, a room filled with honey and tea <laughs> and nothing but, and they're just soothed voices all day long. Huge leather bound volumes. And they just rattle the, the coasters and just walls yeah. of thesauruses. Yeah. In many languages. Yeah. Could you look this up in your thesaurus? No. I told you. Didn't I tell you dirty by? shit happens drive on here? Drive-by happening. There was a drive-by. Now it seems like. We were recording Hooniverse. Now it seems like. And was murdered right outside. Yeah, because Matt told me this. This is ambulance clear as day on the recording yeah drive-bys in fairness someone was shot near where i live in london not that long ago but brilliantly um it was actually a word of mouth someone heard gunshots and then somebody else said they saw a man walking away holding his shoulder and they called the police and no one has ever been caught for it <laughs> so i think it probably wasn't a shooting no it might have been a firework and then a man with an achy shoulder <laughs> <laughs> who knows I'm just, you know, I'm trying to stay pace with your sort of fast-paced to the LA life, but I'm sorry, I live in I live in a quiet part of London. That's fucking funny. I don't know that it's any more fast-paced than London. It's just we have access to firearms. There is that. Yes. Yeah. Shootings are rare in the UK. Stabbings more common, uh, right? Yeah, we like a good stabbing. A good stabbing. <laughs> yeah. You know, you do have to curry prove stabbings. Your it's all about coffee, guns, tea yeah. stabbing. A good old a, a glass good night every now and then is, a, is for me is is a few pints of beer. Warm brown beer, yeah, with twigs in it, the and then a curry, and then a stabbing. By oh, the cast, well, yes, from a tap that yes. was built in the 17th century. Yeah. It, it, the terms are glassing, good. isn't it? Yes, it, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Although I've only ever met one person who's actually been glassed, and that happened to them in um, Belgium. What is glass? What is that? You break you the break beer glass, glass and then jab them in face. the neck. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Mm. Like and a, I met a guy who's a friend of a friend. A fucking Guy Ritchie movie, huge semicircular scar. Really? Yeah, we got glassed. 
Was he fucking what's his name from The Wire? <laughs> Andre. Andre from the Wire. Yeah. What was that guy's name? Was no, it wasn't Andre. Was it? Who was the guy, the badass guy from The Wire? Uh, oh, Carmen. I don't know. I don't know. That me. that guy. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. There are people who are going to be screaming at their fucking Everyone. computers listening to this shit. Um. So like, what now? Now what happens? Are you going to fucking go to work for Chris Evans? or are you gonna uh, work I'm, for I'm Amazon? not going to work for Chris Evans um, because I just decided that I wouldn't. I think it would be like, I, it was a bit like your parents getting divorced and then uh, you're, uh, you find you've got a stepdad. Yeah. Because going back to the same office, they're working out the same office, which they had to have a scorched earth policy and just get rid of everything. Really? Because made it such a shithole. So they cleaned out the office, but it's the same office in the same building, but... You know, new boss, and I just wasn't sure. To be honest, the news that's coming out of there doesn't look too promising. Well, I don't know. I mean, the stuff that I I think they're probably it gets exaggerated. The papers in the UK are obsessed with it, and anything that they do. I've got. I shouldn't tell you, but because I because I'm while I'm here, I'm technically on holiday. So, um, but I still have my website, Sniff Petrol, and so what I've done is written a load of stories that my automated system will put up. While I'm away right. to make it look like I'm home, I do that so too. I won't get burgled. And um, it's sort of like that's my in my head. That's, that's what burglars check. Is, yeah. is there a new yes. article? Yes, yes. Some some people have his I have some lights that go on as well. Light time but I also have a website have that goes satirical on. website postings. Mm. But I've written a story which I think isn't going up till next week. Um, that uh, uh, the, about that. So the way the U- UK papers are handling the Chris Evans thing, and it's like, oh, we can't drive, or we can't talk and drive, or we can't be a passenger in a car without vomiting. So I've done a story. I'm spoiling it now for anyone who reads Sniff Petrol, but next week there's going to be a story uh, that says Chris Evans doesn't know what a car is. He's <laughs> <laughs> pointing at horses and tables and things. Is this car? And because, and, and it's just trying to make the point that I think everyone's getting carried away with this idea that he doesn't, he's a brilliant, brilliant TV producer as much as he is a host. Yeah. I don't think he's going to mess this up. So I, I, I you know, I'm well, sure it'll be. I mean, it sounds like they've made lots of stories from the can't drive to the Sabine makes him puke yeah, to the, yeah. uh, you know, fighting with executives over getting to do his own thing versus yeah. being watched over. It's, well, it's I a think, fucking rough world. I man. think if this shift had happened six, eight years ago, it, it, the, the dialogue would be different. I think this is just the internet. In the news we live in, everything is the worst yeah, or yeah. the best, yeah. and they're just looking for clicks. You no one screen and they, and they know that with the exaggerated headline on it, yeah, the enthusiast market's going to click on anything about Top Gear, and they're like, "Oh, he can't drive," and everyone's going to go, "Oh shit, that's why they should hire me." And it's just like, <laughs> relax, everyone, just calm down. It's not a big story until just see what happens. Yeah, it's funny. Well, the thing is, I think it's quite exciting, and one of the reasons why I thought it's good not to work on this because, as a, as just a fan of cars and of TV and stuff, and being able to sit at home and watch it. And just enjoy it. Because mm-hmm. if you work on something, you can't enjoy it because you're always going, oh, I wish we'd done that differently. Yeah. I, I know. It's, it's, it's hard. hard to relax. But yeah, I could just go, well, you know. Because I, know, I know people who are working on it still, and they, you know, some of them are good mates. And I, I well, hope sure. they do. And I'm I know sure they'll, using, they'll do a probably good Probably using job. a lot of the same people. Yeah, quite a few. Yeah. Um, particularly the series producer, Alex, who's a great guy. And he's, he was our old series producer. And he's he's absolutely solid bloke and he's he's very talented so I think they, they probably wouldn't believe everything you read but that's paper. a rough I mean even for uh, look I, I don't know I know very little about Chris Evans besides what I've seen about him on Top Gear yeah. the other episodes where James goes to his house or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. but like he's, and he seems like fine he seems like an alright guy but like that's a rough gig. Yeah, that's a really, really rough gig. And like even you know Rutledge and Tanner and Adam Ferrara, like that's an uphill battle you got to fight. Yeah, 
for a while. Do you know what's interesting about Rutt and Tanner and Adam is that I think everybody who judged them harshly, they were fans of the UK show. Yeah. I was in a place in... I came to LA and I was with a a friend of mine who lives here, introduced me in in a bar to this bloke we just bumped into who was some internet... I can't remember what he invented, like YouTube or something. And he <laughs> YouTube was, I don't think it was YouTube. I just pulled the name out of the air. But he, um, <laughs> and he was a bit drunk. And he, he was like, what do you do? And I said, oh, I work on Top Gear. And he went, I fucking love that show. I love that show. I fucking love that show. And I was like, okay, thank you very much. What are you doing here? And I said, oh, I've actually seen the US Top Gear. I fucking hate that show. I fucking hate that show. And I was like, okay, all right. Just, and he wouldn't shut up about it. But because he knew the UK show. Yeah. I was with those hosts. We were out in the, in the sort of distant bit of California. Because I'm always confused by how wide California is. It is. Because on a map it looks skinny, but you forget yeah, yeah. that to scale. Yeah. And you're driving and you're, you're driving and you're driving. It's only a fucking inch across. I don't get I know. This. How? What are you this doing? Bullshit. We must be in like Idaho by now. You can no. drive 60 miles east of here and still be in Los Angeles. It's ridiculous. <laughs> sort us out, America. Scale down. But uh, we were out somewhere, uh, out in the desert some. Uh, in Oh, what's that salt pan place? Um, uh, El Mirage? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, when you were doing the Aston thing with ACP? No, we were doing the... Uh, what did they buy? They were trying to go as fast as they could for as little money as oh, they could. Oh, yeah, 150 miles an hour. Yeah. I think Tanner bought a Saab or something. Yes. And yeah, I remember and it was that kind bit. of a social yeah. call, but I went all the way out to El Mirage to see them, yeah, yeah. where they've got that base that they do drones. Yeah, yeah. And a yeah. drone flew overhead with a light aircraft tailing it, and I was like, that's oh, amazing. Not, um, and I was uh, about to take a picture. Was and it Mojave? Went, Dude, no, 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 no. They have a... No, Edwards is right by El Mirage. They had two C-130s and two drones flying like oh, neat. in tandem yeah. last time I was out there. But I was, I was advised not to take pictures of drones. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, the NSA will target you with hellfires. And so we were somewhere in the nearest town having a steak dinner afterwards, and some people came over. In fact, several different people over the course of the meal came over and went, sorry to interrupt. And I noticed American fans are much more polite. In, in the UK, people used to come up. We were having dinner with the host there, and... People come up and go, Oi, Jezza, look at a picture of my Calibra. And he'd be like, I'm sorry, That's I'm how eating. people approach me. Really? The internet, are they all the from internet Sheffield people as well? are like that. They're, oh, they're, really? they're usually very nice, but yeah, but they want to they shove a picture of their ride uh, in your face I think, and ask you. I think American media ride. has a way of deifying people that are on you know, major television stuff. And it's just, I think that's where some of that comes from. Well, so people come over, they were scrupulously polite, they would, and they would go, I'm oh, sorry, I see you're eating. I just want to say I love your show. And they'd be gone. Whereas in the UK, it'd be like, Oi, Hammond, shorty. And it's like, you can't call someone you've never met shorty. <laughs> and then they demand a selfie. And it'd be like, you know, you're sort of trying yeah. to put a mouthful of food in your mouth. And it, it, James is getting sort of grabbed by the head by someone. Going, and it's, it was awful. And I was really struck by the fact all these very, very polite fans came over and told Rutledge, Tanner, and Adam that, that, that they loved the show. And they had not probably not seen much of well, the English show. Well, this is the thing. So bless him. Like Rutledge, I think, went, oh, you should meet this guy as well. He, he writes on the UK show. And without fail everyone went what? what yeah what's that and it's like once you get out of the greater los angeles area where and, and i suspect sort of it's probably the same in new york where people want to watch the original because they want to feel like they're sort of they know something other people don't just get out into the real bit of america where yeah. people are just watching their tv that comes into their home they're not on the internet illegally downloading stuff they just watch what's on tv and they like that show. fast and loud yeah <laughs> there you go that's, no, and, and, and I just thought they, so. They it, embrace new to, uh, Top Gear US. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Have you also, I think the other it, other ones like the fucking Korean one or any of the any of the uh, ones? No, last year I went out to China and worked on is the there a Chinese one. Yeah, how does that show do? 
the well now here's the thing because the first season they bought the rights to the show you know you kind of buy a format mm-hmm. from the BBC and as part of that they say would you like our help we will send some people over or we, you know, we will talk to you they came to see us when we were recording the UK show and uh, these three Chinese guys came and sat in the gallery next to me at the back and they it was really weird because they were like um, some kind of bizarre puppet show one of them would stand up randomly as they were watching what was going on and then the one next to him would stand up and then the third one would stand up and then one of them would sit down and the other one would sit down and the third one would sit down and they kept it was like watching a fucking pipe organ or something I was going to say it's a Catholic <laughs> mass <laughs> it was extraordinary and they were making notes intently and all this sort of stuff but then when we said would you like some people to come over and, and help and would you like any they went no we've got this we're fine we came and saw what you do and they turned in their first series and it wasn't very good and they uh-huh. completely admitted this and they went could you come and help us so last summer uh, me and one of our old producers went out to Shanghai and we spent a week sitting in an office on the 44th floor of a building um, it was seven days and what we discovered is over the weekend they turned the air conditioning off in the building it's very hot in Shanghai in the summer <laughs> So what they did is they brought in a portable air conditioning unit, but it was too loud to hear anyone over oh it. And we God. were doing everything through a translator. It was intense. And towards the end, I made some kind of quite simple quip about something, and loads of people in the room laughed. And I was like, wait a second, you do speak English. What the fuck's going on here? <laughs> no fucking wow. way. Do you know what? Because a lot of them spoke English, but they didn't have the confidence to conduct a meeting oh, okay, in English, so okay. we did it through a translator. But the problem is that it takes twice as long at least yeah yeah and sometimes you'd have this weird thing where you'd say could you just tell them that perhaps in this race if you did this and that and this they would do that, that and, and they don't say it exactly and the translator and would go and there'd be a long and then the producer would have a long long speech in mandarin and then translator would go he understands and also a lot of the you basically people, had a two hour meeting that took seven days yes that's <laughs> pretty much it like. and, but to their credit they completely because one of the things they did in the first series as, a, as an example of where they went wrong is they were doing a race I think across the city and one of the hosts just stopped and went for a coffee or something on camera and we were like well if you're in a race you wouldn't do that that's totally killed the pace yeah. why would you do that it's implausible uh, and they just didn't get things like that. But then we sort of explained it to them yeah. over the course of seven days. And and then they made their second season way better, much tighter. And it's been doing really well. It's been winning its slots. So it's really, the really? most viewing figures in that time slot didn't in they have China. Didn't fucked up helicopter crash? Was that, was that uh, Korea? That was a Korean, that was yeah, a Korean yeah, one. Yeah. It's a crazy video. Really nasty yeah, yeah. helicopter crash. Yeah. Speaking of races, though, the run for real... Yeah, the races are run for yeah, real, yeah. And, it, and then you shoot the beauty, the beauty shots on the way back, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 you shoot it in reverse. That's what, again when we're talking yeah. about, you know, we're having the luxury of time and money to do something. We've yeah. got the time to s- probably send like Bugatti across Europe. Case mm. in point, it's not a good use of Jeremy's time to then drive back to Italy, right? While the director goes, "Oh, look at those beautiful chimneys over there." Right, I'm going to frame this up, and I want you to drive past 17 yeah. times. So you have driver get, X get, driving get, back across. Just get, get a pro driver in there. Yeah, or sadly or not me in the Veyron, but it was just a team went back and got all the pretty shots. You just drove down and then film beauty shots on the way back. Yeah, Easy. so mm-hmm. the uglier shots are the real race, and then if it's a sort of lovely framed thing then that's probably been done afterwards but from time to time or but i mean obviously the in editing the pacing is done yeah. to build the suspense et yeah cetera, yeah, yeah. so like the db9 versus the train you know that ending wasn't as close as it appeared on tv we learned the next year 
we did the Ferrari against a plane to the ski resort. Now, was that James in the Cessna? Like the, uh, no, 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 no. This was the one where they caught a plane, just a regular, you know, service, a commercial, commercial plane. plane. Oh. And um, the ending, James and Richard are running up to the ski resort, and Jeremy drives past in the Ferrari. That was real because what we'd learned from the Aston race was back time it better. The back timing was crucial, so it was all about, right, where are we going to and where are we going to start and what are they, we going to make them do that will ensure the result is as close right, as possible. Right, right, so basically, like, if you start them off and, like, you make Richard and, Jer- uh, and James, you know, take a, 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 a taxi ride to the train station that takes 40 minutes, yeah. it's, like, it's almost like giving someone, you know, okay, we were going to give you, like, bracket racing and drag racing. Like, you get the idea is that they get to the finish line at the same time, so yeah. you let this person start a little ahead yeah, of yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. It's exactly that, and that's the thing. And it was all the planning that went into those races, and it got more and more elaborate to try and make it as close as possible. Um, and the one we screwed up was the um, SLR, Mercedes SLR to Oslo, because the drive was so long, so Jeremy had to sun, stop and have sun, a sleep. The race the sun? <laughs> oh, no, no, that, that was, was the Jags. Jag across, that was Jags. Jag what was the SLR, Britain? the... It was. Uh, James they were Mitchell taking had to get a ferry, yeah, yeah. and they, they had the good bit where you actually saw TV presenters vomiting on camera, which you don't normally see. Yeah. I think that's a rare treat. But also, it had the floor of Jeremy had to stop and take a sleep because it was too long a drive. And Some of those drives are pretty brutally long. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but this, this was 15, unmanageably 16 long. Sixteen hours. Yeah, and the SLR sucks. That car's that car's uh, not very yeah, good. Yeah, ra- really bad brakes. Really, really, really weird just brakes. Not a good car. They caught on four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, they did when we we tested it. Yeah, yeah, it's quite a common. So problem. on the on the real versus you know uh, cooked you know thing. What about the, uh, the the trip of the south? How much of that was played up versus how much were you dealing with actually angry locals? Oh, the the the, the gas American, station thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was. Completely legit in as much as we had no idea that was going to happen. It was I'm very, very, very proud of the fact that was my idea. And originally, <laughs> it was, it was. This is all. Can I do a plug? Because this is all in my book. Um, of course, you're here to plug the book. The uh, yeah. so I had this idea for something called the Texas Smart Car Challenge, which was before they sold smarts in the US. Mm-hmm. Get a smart, wrap it in pink with man love rules down the side, and. Uh, the host has to drive as far across Texas as they can before they get lynched. And everyone in the office <laughs> thought this was a funny idea, but they also thought it was going to be very expensive to ship a smart to the US and do the whole kind of journey for as long as it took just to get one of our presenters killed. So it was sort of put on the back burner. And when we decided we were going to go uh, to uh, Alabama, it was a good chance to bring that idea back. So. I wrote a load of suggested slogans in envelopes for each presenter, and off they went. I went on holiday to New York and then got a call going, uh, we just almost got killed. And I was like, oh, that's excellent. Because I've been having a drink, actually, with a friend of ours <laughs> called really Tracy. It's funny from, if you're uh, not there. Yeah. yeah, well, I was, I was having a drink with a friend of ours who's from Virginia, and I went, oh, it's actually really funny. We're down south at the moment. Our guys are filming down there. We're writing slogans down our cars. And she went, what? <laughs> yeah. And I went, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be really funny. And she yeah. went, uh... I'm from down there. They will fucking kill you. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, 
I'm no, sure they, it'll be they, fine. And they then my take, phone rang. Like being straight and heterosexual very seriously. Mm. Do you know the one that inflamed <laughs> them more than anything else? The Hillary Clinton for president? Nope. NASCAR sucks. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You yeah. can. Yeah. I know. I didn't I realize mean, NASCAR, that was basically. I might as well say Jesus is the major shit. religions of the world. You know, Christianity, Judaism, Islam, NASCAR. Yeah. Those, are, those are the fucking major religions. And uh, NASCAR's caused more wars than. Well, true. Um, well, at least more fist fights. Yes, definitely more, <laughs> more glassing. There was a backlash the other day because Bill Nye said uh, NASCAR should go to electric vehicles. God, I love Bill Nye, but that's fucking That was stupid. a really dumb thing. You ever thing. watch a Formula E, wa- e race? It's, you attempted to watch Formula E? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's terrible. Yo, go to K1 Speed in Torrance and watch a go-kart. It's the same shit. Exactly. This, it's, oh, it's fucking terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Yeah, Formula One is good. It's like the that. jankiest, shittiest sport. Bus. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. There, there's that thing where they have to change cars halfway through because the batteries have run out. So is that the worst piece of shit motorsport? You have to change cars because yeah. your car can't do 20 laps? The one thing I will say that's kind of cool that. is that because they're not loud as shit, they can race in venues that you wouldn't normally be able to race in. Yeah, and the races are t- boring. They're boring. There's, they stink. Yeah, there's no. I think I'll be interested to see what they do next season because they've got Jaguar coming in, and it's just who cares it's about the, Formula but it's e the same you have thing. Red Bull fucking Ice Cross or whatever that shit. Have you seen that? That Frozen Rush shit. They got fined. They're for racing that. trophy trucks on ski oh, slopes now. What? It's incredible. Oh, it's incredible. Just let Red Bull just t- have Formula One. Just here, go play. They're going to be racing on... It's going to be F-Zero in fucking 10 Well, it could be Formula 1 brought to you by Red Bull and WeatherTech. Let them! Fucking let them! Red Bull does all the best stuff. David knows what's up. So so does the Red Bull guy. Speaking of the racing, did you watch uh, Daytona? I uh, did not. I no. didn't. I heard it was good. End though. of it was fucking spectacular. I heard the four GTs didn't put on a great show. Oh, no, they, but it was yeah, the first yeah, out They almost immediately broke. Did they? Yeah. Well, okay. that's going to happen. That's first year. Happen. The okay. trans kept going. Trans? Got stuck yeah. in sixth for a little bit, I think. But fucking fix Days it. of Thunder, it got stuck in fourth. He had no problem. That's bullshit. <laughs> totally true. The, uh, no, the, best was, the best is the Lamborghini. Four laps, to, four laps to the end. It was running in like first or second, and it yeah. ran out of gas. But then the R8 oh, really? took the win, so it was yeah, oh. it was cool. But then uh, the cool thing was is the two four Corvette team drivers were on each other's ass the entire I saw the, I saw the Jalopnik post with like the last you know couple Watch it. laps it's, it was yeah it was it's worth cool. it, it yeah, the cool. last 6 minutes they like it just goes over the radio they're like just race <laughs> and they're both like fuck yeah let's do this and they were coming within you know centimeters of each other just like oh right that dude's going to hit you and you're going to the guys back in the pits are going to be real pissed. If yeah, you guys no, that's a weird thing yeah. that's happened to endurance racing relatively recently is that because it used to be, you know, everyone would be spread out and they'd be like, oh, yeah, the second place car is just a mere one day behind the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's, it's sprint finishes. Yeah. It's nuts. I don't know what's happened, but it's brilliant. Cars work properly, I that's think, for longer. Yeah, yeah. You know, they've figured they've kind of. Like, yeah, they still break, but, like, for the most part, you know, if you set your car up properly, like, it'll finish the race, and yeah. you can drive it pretty hard the whole time. Like, it's a lot of good cars, and manufacturers are going back into endurance racing, which is which is great. You have one of the biggest GTD classes and GTLM classes that you've ever had. You have Lamborghini, Audi, Porsche, Ford, Ferrari, um, Aston Martin. You didn't have that for, like, the longest period of time. 
You had like portion that was it. I think it's cool. Now they have customer racing. Now customer racing is a thing, and that's why a lot of you know they'll have the A squad. But but it's also the A squad is the people that are gunning for the you know best and whatever. But they have customer racing, and that supports the whole program. Mm -hmm. A lot of fucking rich people out there. But it's also people don't realize all it takes to go racing in twenty four hours of Daytona is a fat ass paycheck and a basic life. Oh yeah, because there was a (laughs) there was the Corvettes lapped a nine eleven that was out there, and it's just like oh yeah, that's not a fucking pro driver at all. Oh yeah, yeah. it happens. Yeah. It's but but God bless. That's how racing stays alive. Nothing will ever beat the uh, Japanese Lamborghini Owners Club. Oh, he used to oh. turn up at Le Mans every year <laughs> with a Diablo or a Merchelago. Oh, the Diablo GTR. Yeah, and it was just yeah. basically, you could run a little sweepstake. How many laps will they do? But don't go into double digits. I don't think that car had headlights because they knew they weren't making it to the night section. It's just great. You know the only way to improve that? Get the Yakuza guys to do it with their Lambos. Oh, their neon out <laughs> shit? Yeah. God, Japan was... You, you've been in Japan, I, I assume, uh, yes. these ones? I'm the only it's British so car journalist cool. who's been to Japan on his own money. Because oh, well, if you talk, if you ever sit down with British car journalists, and it's like they've all been to the Tokyo Motor Show, but you know, on <laughs> Nissan's dollar. Yeah. And I paid cash to go there on holiday to Japan's Tokyo. Japan's great. Though, That's fantastic. It? It's so it's fun. Like Bizarro West yeah. because they have cars and lampposts and houses and things, but they're right. all different. And it's like if there was never an Apple and Casio took over yes. the world. That's Japan. Yes, Japan is a Casio and Pioneer and Sony future. Has yeah. it officially Apple. become like Akira at this point in Tokyo? No. Because it looks like ni- it looks like the future from 1985. You're not allowed. It's, when you uh, the first time you see Tokyo at night from the top of a tower block, you know because I stayed in a hotel that was like a sort of a slice of a tower block. Mm-hmm. It was like yeah, where it's like four floors to in the middle of, the, and the reception yeah, yeah. was, it was on like Malkovich. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we got down to our room, and then we wanted to go to the bar, and we got in the lift and pushed the wrong button, and we ended up in the health spa. <laughs> And we walked out and went, mm, this isn't the bar. And then this very nice Japanese lady came and she walked us back into the lift. She pushed the right button. She stepped back outside the lift and then she bowed so deeply that her nose was touching her toes. <laughs> and then the lift doors weren't closing. And I was standing there with my wife going, please close, please close. It's just so embarrassing. It's like she's just going to, eventually she will just either stick like that or she'll topple forward into the lift. This is the second best lift story I have from Japan. The best one was told to me, I think, by TV's James May, where he was in a Japanese hotel and an incredibly drunk man came crawling through the hotel reception. Because what they, uh, Japanese businessmen, uh, it seems to be feast or famine for drinking. Yeah. They just either go to work, go home, go to bed, go to work. Or they go mad and get drunker than lords. And this guy came crawling through reception, obviously absolutely shit-faced, crawled towards the lift. The lift door started to close. His head was below the sensor, and so his head was slammed in the lift doors. And sort of five members of hotel staff came tearing across the reception, going, no, 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 and forcing the doors open again. Oh and then he, just, then he just let him crawl in, and off he went up to his room. It's a crazy, crazy place. Yeah. It's really brilliant. Fun. I'd really, like to go really back. fun. It's just. Also, did you find walking around, you just keep going, what is that? I'm <laughs> looking at these cars. And it's like, do you know what? We were there for four days, and Tokyo has so many things to see. And you go and see all those temples. Although the only thing is, you look at them and you go, these are so old. And then you look at the notes, and it says, yeah, this 1967. Was built, well, no, it's like, this was built in 1994 because <laughs> the previous one burned down. They all burned down for reasons I can't figure out. Maybe the candles or something. Maybe they were built uh, using Dubai based construction. Possibly methods. that, yeah. So they, the temples and things like that, but I made us spend one of our precious stays in Tokyo at Toyota Megaweb out by the harbour. What is Toyota Megaweb? It's the Megaweb? massive showroom and it has an example of every single Toyota 
that's currently history. made. Oh, currently well, they have made. some old stuff, but they have. Oh wait, everything. we were talking about this before. Oh, we're talking the about the challenge. Toyota game. Yeah, the yeah. Toyota game to name every current production Toyota. Yeah. Now you said in the UK, and who who failed this test? May. Well, so this was one of our. We just sit around backstage, just waiting to do the show at Top Gear, and it was. I think Clarkson came up with the game. Just went. I, ch- I challenged Hammond and May to name every current member of the Toyota range. And Does that include sub models or just like yeah. no, no, Toyota just Camry? So, okay, you know, do you mean like, is that just UK or is that worldwide? We're going to try. We were it. doing UK, okay? Because the thing is, it's harder than it sounds. Because you forget, James started naming cars they don't make anymore because like, they <laughs> dropped the Camry in the UK years ago. Cause no really? really? You yeah, can't yeah. get a Camry? No, I know. It seems really. Oh, so it's the same way. It's like we were driving along not that long ago, and my my wife, being American, we were behind a Honda Accord, and she went, "Why does nobody in Britain buy Hondas?" And I was like, "That is a good question." Because she says everybody she knows in has owned a Civic or an Accord. Why don't they? I don't know. Well, really don't those know. are perfectly good, decent cars. Do you know what? They're quite expensive in Britain for reasons. Are they? Like, yeah, oh, they think they're weird. a little bit of cut above. Well, I know your Accord, the Accord that's sold there is a little more upmarket. The int- the for a while, the so Accord like the that's Anna, sold in like the UK the was our Acura TSX. Yes. Yeah. 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 Which is a totally decent car. Uh, is Toyota.com up? Yep. All right, I want to try. The Toyota game. I'm going to use U.S. market. I'm sorry. Okay. I can't do I, I can't not, mark you on this one. Though. Okay. I'm going to start small and go big. Okay. Are we not including Scion? I don't have to include Scion. No, no, no. 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 Okay. I'm going to write your answers as quick as I can, and then I'll okay because I can't look at both. All time. right. Prius C, Prius, Prius V, Corolla, Camry, Sienna, RAV4. Highlander, Land Cruiser, um, is there a, well, okay, pickup truck is, uh, not Sequoia, um, Tundra, do they still make a Sequoia? I don't think so. See, this is why it's hard. Isn't it? And I, do you know hard, what? Okay. I know this is, and this is a car that's no, wait, not sold more. in the there's UK. There's more, there's more, hang on. I know one that you've not done yet. I do too. I know, yeah, one American too. designed and built, and my Parents-in-law have one. Okay, wait, hang on, hang on. Avalon? Uh, so there's still an Avalon, right? I think so. Okay. Um, uh, smaller. Uh, smaller than a pre... Is there... Oh, the IQ? Or the, not the, the... What the fuck is that little... little That's a Scion thing? over here, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a Scion yeah. here. Um, what's smaller than a Corolla? A Yaris? Is there a Yaris still? Yeah, yeah. Yaris. That was... Yeah. Okay. And uh, I don't fuck. know if it's technically still. What other toy? Are there bigger other Toyotas? FJ, Tacoma. I thought they stopped making the FJ. They did. They, stop I making, think they might to. have stopped it. No last joke. Year? I just met a guy who imports FJs back from Japan to flip them at profit. Left-hand drive cars that were exported to to Japan when new are now being imported back. Seriously. Wow. Uh, that's all I've got. Rav Four. Uh, uh, so you're missing two unless we want to get all subcategory of a missing two. You know, yeah. Uh, fuck. So you know one. I know one of these. You do? Yeah. Shit. Uh, do you know what the missing two are? I know one of the missing Four. two. Land Cruiser. Uh, t- fuck. This is See, hard. It's harder than it's you hard. think. It, it is, is harder hard. than you think. Yeah. You think I've got this and then you, it's not. It's difficult. I'm trying to think. So all the Priuses, the Yaris. I have all the Priuses, right? Pri- are we talking about is Avalon? plug-in Prius a different? Yeah, just is that, Prius. That's not just, a different. We can just say Prius. I'm, I'll count that. What else? Is there another? 
Yaris Prius, Avalon, Camry Corolla. Yeah. Highlander, Highlander RAV4, Tacoma, Land Tundra, Cruiser. Land Cruiser, Forerunner. Oh, there you go. Forerunner. You didn't say Forerunner. I didn't say Forerunner before? That was, I thought that's I what you were missing. So can oh, I, that was it? Is that for, all of them? For all the points, can I yeah. try and claim the missing one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Venza. They stopped they making stopped. the Venza. No! They stopped making the Venza. Damn it! Right? I think yep. 13 was the last no year way. the Venza. No yep. way! My yep. father-in-law's got one. Not a bad car. It's quite roomy. It's a Camry on big tires. Yeah. But I was fascinated by that car because he was a Chrysler man for his whole life. Well, the Venza is the Toyota Chrysler Pacifica. Yeah. <laughs> but also, then I looked this up and it's like, apparently it was designed in the US and it's built here. It was built here. Yeah, I'm sure. They dropped it. I think they did. Shit. Yeah, yeah you don't really did. see them that often. I don't no. think they. Sold I think they they well. blended, they they moved Rav Four up to where Highlander was. They blended Highlander and Venza into mm-hmm. High, into new Highlander. Yeah, uh, Highlander's so, like big as fuck now. It used Highlander used to be a small little thing, and now it's really big. Okay. Yeah. So what's missing? Uh, nothing now. No, we got, got them all. You missed Dang Forerunner it. in the beginning, and then you got it. Yeah, the only other one that you missed earlier was Yaris, because you yeah. started at smallest. Mm-hmm. Ah, that, that, is smallest. that is difficult, though. It's, it's really yeah. difficult. Doing it with Infinity, practically impossible. Almost. Just <laughs> only Lieberman. <laughs> Even people in yeah. Infinity can't do. No. We were talking earlier, I guess Lieberman messed it up, too. Lieberman. Really? Me, yeah, I know. Well, Lieberman did it on the show, and then someone on Twitter said uh, Lieber, uh, he messed it up. Do people buy Infinities in the U.S. still? Yeah. Yes, they do. They sell a lot of them here. Okay. They do. Yeah. They're not bad cars, actually. What was the original Infinity? The Q... Q45? They were the shit, man. Yeah. Now they have... Do you know know what the VIP style is? Yes. Where they have camber and then they have the curtains and the the tea trays? Well, so you know I was telling you before we started recording how I had a a Lexus LS Mm -hmm. that I got for free for a long and complicated reason. Unlike mine, yours was kind of a... Yeah, Yeah, but it only had 130,000 miles on it. Right. It was a bit of a just run in, sir. (laughs) But... uh, I, so I got a free car, and the thing about free cars is you don't want to spend any money on it. But then after a while, I was like, well, maybe I should go the opposite and spend a load of money on it since it was free in the first place and, and do something with it. And one of the things I started looking at was VIP-style doing that. But then <laughs> I was like, there's it? so many speed humps in London, it would yeah, just yeah. be beached immediately. Well, so. the key, I mean, if you really wanted to do it, what you would do is get airbags, which uh, are adjustable okay, yeah. level, and then you would drive around with it relatively normal, and then it's only VIP-style when it's parked. Well, that and okay. where are you going to yeah. get the Filipino Gordian not for the mirror in the UK? I'm actually surprised airbags are not more popular in the UK. You've, it seems like the kind of thing that would be popular. But are, are there very restrictions on modifying your suspension? Is having an adjustable suspension illegal over uh, there? No, you can do it as long as the car will pass because we have the MOT. Which so if you can set it at a certain height and it's good, then you Yeah, remember. I think so. Mm. It's just I don't know whether airbags maybe don't. I mean, I, I they're because if you take it to the MOT station for its yearly test yeah, yeah. and it sinks down its airbags <laughs> and crushes the tester while he's checking the spare wheel there's a great loophole in the MOT because I had a car that you have to have your tyres have to be within the legal limits right. sensible thing but your spare tyre has to be legal as well but if you don't have a spare tyre they can't fail you for that because a lot of cars don't have a spare tire so these just days. take it out. Well, so I had a car that had a, 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 a spare that was a bit on the limit of legality, yeah. and I was worried because it was due its test. Happily, just days before the test, the spare tire was stolen. And, and you learned. I learned that mm-hmm. I didn't have to get a new one. <laughs> so the thief had done me a favor, <laughs> unwittingly. Convenient. I know, it was good. That's just brilliant. like uh, here, I've discovered that... Um, Toll roads are free if you have your dealer plates on your car. Or no yeah. plates. California has. Have you noticed in, that in Los Angeles, like, there's a lot of cars that drive around with no license plates? Yeah. 
That's a big thing here. I just, I don't get how that's, how can you, because I read this about Steve Jobs, that he never had license plate on his car, because he just changed it every six months. Exactly. So basically, when you buy a new car, they don't, in other states, they give you a piece of paper that is the size of a license plate and goes where the license plate goes and has a very visible date on it when Mm. it expires. California, they don't do that because they're fucking retarded. They put it in In, the window. In California, it's a folded up piece of paper that gets vinyled to your windshield with no visible date on it whatsoever that is good legally for 90 days, three months. Wow. What it really means is if your car looks kind of new, fuck it. Because it's only a $25 ticket anyway. So, but couldn't you go out and commit lots of crimes? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not only that, you can run all the toll booths because uh, none of them are right. manned. They're oh. all photo over the yeah, overhead. Yeah, yeah. You can go in all the carpool lanes. You can go in it, and nothing will ever, well, ever happen. They could also thing- fly past cops and just... Toll booths aren't going to call it in. Well, they now, can't call it in. I can't because while I'm here, I've borrowed... Um, Aaron Gold, friend mm-hmm. of the show, yeah. usually tries and hooks, hooks me up. Yes, top man. Yes. And he always tries to hook me up with a, a, a press car if I'm visiting Los Angeles because you know, I'll write about it in Did the he get UK. you like a dually last time? Yes, because Aaron was on the truck. show and he never got to tell the dually <laughs> story. This was a few years ago. I came over and I always say to Aaron, when he goes, look, what do you want? I'll do my best. I'll try and hook you up with something cool. And I, and I always say, look, could you get me something really American that we don't get at home? Because then that's definitely material <laughs> for writing about. And he went, okay, I'll get you something really American. So he got me this Dodge Ram Julie diesel manual. Yeah. And that's as America as it gets. Well, it is if we were in Wyoming. It has a special big gulp size cup holder. Holy mother. Do you know, I was really surprised by the interior quality of that car. I thought it was actually quite well made. But You can uh, baptize a child in that cup holder. <laughs> <laughs> I got two things happened. Well, first of all, I turned up at LAX. I went to pick it up from the parking spot thing. And I was jet, sort of woozy from the plane and it's late. Did you know what you were getting? Did he tell you before? He told me was? he was getting me a truck. And okay. then this actual truck turned up. Like, I mean, I was thinking it was made by Peterbilt or something. This thing came lumbering around. Just getting it out of the car park was trouble enough. But then, trying to get into town to find my hotel, I got to my hotel. It wouldn't fit in the parking bay oh. at the hotel. I had to park it around the corner. It was just... And then I went to the office, and this was when we were doing... Yeah, we were doing the early days of the of, of US Top Gear. And one day, Rutledge... I was getting in it. Rutledge came over, and he went... What is this? And I went, this is my Julie. <laughs> why? Why? Why have you got this? And I went, um, that's a good Rutledge impression. And he, and he looked in it and he stuck his head in the window and he went, is this a stick shift? And I went, yeah, it's a, it's a stick shift diesel. He's, why have you got, and I went, because Aaron fixed it up for me. He went, Aaron got you this car? What a dick. <laughs> I think he thought he was being helpful. The best thing is you could, and then it rained. You know, we were talking before oh, we started recording about rain in Los Angeles, and yeah. all the roads go super slick here, as yeah. you know, and I didn't know at this point. And you could light it up in third. Of course. Easy. It was yeah. just ridiculous. 900 pound feet of torque supposed helps to use first. Yeah. You were supposed no, to start in start second. second. I discovered yeah. this. Because it doesn't have one, two, three, four. It has L, two, three, yeah. four, five, six. Well, I think it just has pictures of what you're hauling on the gear shift. <laughs> Yeah, horse, hay, logs. Hey, can you shift into pig? <laughs> Get me pulling over barn gear, and then you just knock it back. It's, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking amazing about American truck. No, everyone buys double the truck they need here. Everyone. 
Mm-hmm. It's fucking stupid. You go to Europe and they're they're towing these giant airstreams with a fucking Honda Accord, and you go, why does our people Fuck buy twenty five hundred? You go to the here? Philippines and they've got thirty seven kids on the back of a fucking scooter, <laughs> a moped. Like it's insane. Hey, man. the shit that, that you can. I want thirty round about. magazines. And I want Magnum condoms. Did you measure that truck? It's probably almost like thir- um, 25 feet long, 28 uh, feet long. Longer than my hat. It's like I mean, gigantic, it was just, right? It was crazy. Was it a and double cab? Anyway, yeah, it was a double. Not the full double. There's like a kind of one and a half. The one and a half? Yeah. 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 But then it was, the ex- I think it was like an extended bed. Extended bed. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Nine so and, that and truck a half we took, feet. We did, we, we used to... We used to do a lot of shooting, like we do these road trips where we'd plan like eight or nine shoots, and we'd get some big press truck and go. And we'd always get like one of them. The West Coast road trip, we got the Dodge Double Cab thirty five hundred Dually, mm-hmm. or was it? A, yeah, yeah, because Chevy was the. I wasn't on the West Coast, but yeah, Chevy the che- was East and then Coast. the Chevy on the East Coast, we got the thirty five hundred Dually. And then we went snowboarding and got the other, the Chevy 2500 quad cat. I think the Chevy, yeah. always end up with these gigantic fucking monsters. They're so silly. I know. I did quite enjoy it. It was just that it was hard to put it anywhere. So what do you have now? So um, Aaron, again, bless him. Hello, Aaron. um, Has hooked me up with a Dodge Charger. Perfect. Which he was trying to get me the Hellcat. And uh, they couldn't get me one, so I have uh, the Scat Pack. Right. Which is... The best named car in history, it's, it's right? Because I checked this with my wife, and I went, "Sorry, in America, does that sound rude?" Because to me, that yeah. sounds really rude. It, you know what's crazy? It does here too. Why have they called it that? Then I don't know, but they've gotten away it's, with it, and no one—it's a heritage. It's, 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 it's an old thing. I'm driving around, it's got a badge it on the grill. It says "Scat Pack." I might as well have poo enthusiasts exactly. going down the side. It's, it's absurd. It used to be an old thing. It was in old muscle cars. It oh, meant, how would they do it then? But I have no. That's a really nice little touch in the instrument binnacle. The screen between the dials comes up, and it's got that little animation of the B, like the Super B thing. Which goes? I was like, that's really cute. Does but, it have the heated and cooled wait, cup holders? Is uh, it like the Charger come? No, the, no. Hellcats come with heated and cooled oh, cup holders. Okay. That's Merc technology, it's isn't it? Because I have shit. them out. Yeah. Is it white? Well, now here's the thing. It's not. Okay. It's, it's plum crazy. Ooh. Which is oh. the purple. Yeah. And See, we were plum, driving you know, through Burbank this morning, and my <laughs> wife went, "What's your speed?" And I was like, "I'm not going that fast." She went, "No, you're. Yeah, yeah, we're near school. This is 25." And I was like, "Okay, all right, easy." And she went, "No, no, because in this car you will get pulled by the cops." And I was like, "Do you think so?" And she went, "Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. because this car looks like it has a douche in it." And I was like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> and it's Do you loud. Think so? It is really perfect. Do you know that the that plum crazy has a there's a nickname for that color? <laughs> have you, have <laughs> you heard it? Belland. Date grape. No. The, yeah. Oh, dear. People refer to it as date grape. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I have to say, I've never heard a car. plum crazy referred to it's as date fast. grape. It's yeah. fast. <laughs> I really like Yes, it's, oh, it's fast. Yeah. It's I, got a lovely sort of nice. Just got the 6.4 in it, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a really nice car, isn't it? It is. And do you know what? It's the seals aren't that $40, great. $40,000, 42 something like that. It's fucking cheap. It's cheap. Yeah. Mine was 41 and but the seals are really Bad the, at, at, at speed, like yeah, the like wind this, noise and yeah, stuff around the uh, El windows. Yeah, at El Mirage, okay. uh, you you go past 150 and everything starts coming. Oh, I hate when that happens. It's That's so annoying. Yeah, yeah. Windows, Do you know the number of times I'm on my salt pan and I'm doing 150 and I was going to the ceiling is poor. On this no, it's good. It's got the eight-speed gearbox and stuff in it. Yeah, it's, see, the last time I was here, quick, I had right a charger for various complicated reasons. Shitty five-speed. Yeah, but I'd had a Durango. With the Hemi and yeah. the 8-speed in it. And that 8-speed box, whatever it's in, That is Durango it's RT is the shit. Yeah. Nobody t- the ever H- talks HP, about it, I but think it's, it's awesome. cool. Mm-hmm. Push my invisible glasses up my nose. Uh, <laughs> 8 HP is the ZF 
gearbox yeah, that yeah, eight-speed, yeah. but whatever it's in, and I, you know, it's in loads of Jags and BMWs and stuff, and it's just fantastic. But in the, it made the Durango great, and then they switched it for a Charger with the five or six-speed, and it was same the, engine. The five-speed, it was a shite, shit, yeah, but. Yeah. This charger I've got now, it's great. What a nice car! Mm-hmm. Really nice. Take car. it to the desert. The Hellcats. Like, I, I'm I a bit up against it, but if I get a window, I, I, I was just <clears> desperately <throat> trying to think where I can go that I can because I know like. Well, you're Laurel in Burbank. Are you staying in Burbank? Yeah. Then you can go to Big Tahunga. Big Tahunga Canyon is is near that area. Okay. And Angeles Crest is near that area as well. And you can have. I'll, I'll make you a little map. Yes, I'll you must you, do. I'll make you a map. Because otherwise I will just be driving or maybe to I'll just coffee come, bean you, or something. I mean, if you don't have anything to do, I'll go drive with you tomorrow. I've got the ATSV. Uh, I uh, am doing stuff tomorrow. This is probably an off-air conversation. Right? I'll, I'll, I'll give you our secret test location that supposedly Glucker went to. <laughs> secret test mm, location. you like it. Fuck, I care about that. So you I have to ask you. Two mi- <laughs> it's two miles long. It's in the middle of the desert. It's closed road. It's uh, straight. It's it's. Does the... Yeah. No, so you drove 150 on El Mirage. 173. Oh. I cracked now, 180 at El Mirage. I, I've only driven, driven. You know, I said I was there and not photographing drones because I didn't want to get lasered. But I was there with a, what was the Cadillac, the big Cadillac? CTSV. CTSV. No, no, because I've driven one of those and that was great. But uh, uh, the one that was four-wheel drive you? and not very good. What? CTSV Sport? No. XTS. No. XTS. XTS? Yes. Which was a, Did mm. you rent it? No, again, it was a. Yeah, that was an awful car. It was an errand job, oh, but yeah, it was a short oh, notice. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of uh, the thing. Okay, all right, and then all right. my dates changed, and I could only have it for a few days. In those days, I went to El Mirage. I did. I think I did like 120, but it was a very weird experience because I'd not driven on that surface before. It's and the it first moves couple times. around oh, a yes. lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Zach, you weird. were in the vet with me when we were out there over the CTS. Mm-hmm. And uh, no downforce in the back of the Corvette. Turns out it gets a little squirrely over 190. <laughs> yeah. The Panamera, we took a Panamera Turbo S out there, and I did 185. And that was, it was rock solid. I mean, it was it was like a one finger. Really? Oh, Any no four-wheel drive out there is beautiful. Panamera no, Turbo the Caddy S was the Caddy, shit. The XTS was four-wheel drive. Oh. It was the, were they 3.6 V6 in that with a four-wheel drive? And uh, I took movie, movie We took uh, Glucker, our friend, uh, took Mm. an S5, then we took, and I took my Golf R, and I was doing 155 in my Golf, and that was no problem. Glucker didn't have any problem. Was it only later you found out that Volkswagen had lied and actually the car was (laughs) terrible on the salt, but they (laughs) promised you it was good. He's actually only going 110, but the speed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was fine. We race when I get my RS. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a standing two mile golf R versus RS drag race. Maybe I'll have Good. a turbo. Mine, on the mine has a little bit of stuff done to it. So oh, it's far. got stuff. I fucking raise you. I'll raise you. Yeah, stuff. You, you'll, you'll be like, okay, you know, here's I'll here's, here's mountains, everything, and I'll raise you a drift mode, motherfucker. I will. Uh, can I? Uh, you drain expense? RS? Can I? No, not yet. No. When are you getting yours? Uh, you know, because of this Volkswagen bullshit now, all your new European cars from 2016 have to get independently tested by the EPA. No. So I don't get my RS until like what, so May they're or just June. All Europeans are liars now. Fucking bullshit. Wow. Because because people get away with whatever they get away with, and then they fucking crap. They, they, you know. So what? This has delayed the RS for... I was told... I ordered my RS January 17th, 2015. Oh. I have the number one allocation at my dealer. Wow. Um, which is the biggest Ford dealer in the world. Galpin Ford. Thank you, Galpin Ford. 
And they're the best. Are you doing a read again? No, no, no. Okay. But I'm thanking them because they hooked me up. I, and they're You're crazy. thanking them. They should be thanking us with the amount of fucking people we throw their That's way. That's fine. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll, I'll get my number one spots. That's what's up. So anyway, I ordered the car a year ago. They told me February. But now, because of this stuff, it's like April, May, June. Uh, so I don't know. Whatever. It I happens. just waited a year for a car. Though. Did you? Yes. For what? Uh, Land Rover Defender. Ooh. Are you doing one of the last? Yes. Really? Well, do you know what? It what would you, be tell one me of what's last. in your garage, by the way. We haven't even talked about that. A load of string and a ladder. But um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even have a garage. I have a shed. Um, Ever, parking on the street. Yeah, London. Chris Harris goes, I have a shed. I mean, there was eight yeah, I know. And he has an aircraft hangar <laughs> with probably some actual aircraft in it, like Porsche aircraft. All the engines at the back. So what's in the um, shed? Uh, yeah, there is string and a ladder. But out on the street, um, uh, the moment. So we have a Mercedes GLA as our family car. 250? Uh, yeah, 250 diesel. How is it? Eh. Whatever. So we had a CLS shooting brake, which I know uh -huh. they don't sell here, but you know, yeah. you, you've driven one in the yeah, UK. Yeah, I drove Chris's press right. loaner. Well, so I, because I got this as a uh, sort of through Mercedes, they found me a CLS shooting brake because um, they're, they're quite obscure and I don't think they're going to replace it. They never it's come to the US at all. Car, it was a beautiful car, really. Brilliant, brilliant car, lovely car. And they found one, but the guy who found me one went, well, you know what? I think because we were just we we're just leasing it, and he he went for a, I think for not much more we might be able to find you an AMG one, and I thought oh hello that'd be quite good yeah well his idea of not much more was actually twice as much <laughs> for only this was seven hundred a month more this was just <laughs> actually just before our son was born, and this was going to be our new family car, and I was thinking hmm, I probably shouldn't do that. Because baby stuff. Also, I mean, when am I going to use... Wrong. A family car does need 500 horsepower. I, I think so. My wife and I sometimes disagree on these matters. But <laughs> anyway, so we got a diesel CLS shooting brake, and it was fantastic. But it was... I lied to my wife about how big it was, because she went, that's a massive car. It's huge. You know, parking in London is a, is a nightmare. And I, and I, I went, no, it's not. It's deceptive because it's low. <laughs> and <laughs> knowing full well it's longer than an ML and uh, longer than many cars in fact it's actually is one of the longest cars you can buy yeah they're really long and long? I totally fibbed about it well of course she she found me out because when she tried to park it she went this car is frigging massive so in the end because she drives it more than me we switched it for this GLA which is alright but, uh, you know what I drove Chris's car? I I don't know if I have I ever said on the podcast what actually happened when I went to England. Have I told that? Story? You shouldn't. I shouldn't. Nope. I think I should because it's funny. I don't really care. We no? have a program called Crime Watch in the UK. Is this something to do with that and your appearance <laughs> upon it? Ah, oh, god damn it! I can't. See now I killed now a sheep. I, now I put myself in a hole where I sort of have to say <laughs> it, but like I shouldn't say it. <laughs> okay, let me put it this way: if it's dumb enough that Zach is saying you shouldn't talk if about Zach's it, you probably, I, I probably shouldn't. shouldn't. You I don't remember which story you're talking, <laughs> you're referencing, but... Problem. That's all. That's all. I mean, Absolutely tell him afterwards. I will tell, I'll tell okay. you, I'm sorry to the entire audience, but it could it could get me in a lot of trouble probably if I said it. I don't want to say it. Okay. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a bitch right now. All right. Anyway, so... what so happened to your old boss? Words can get you in trouble sometimes. Yeah. Well, no, it's usually hitting people that gets you in trouble. Hitting people gets you in trouble. Did you hit someone trouble. with a car? No. Okay, good. <laughs> we'll work downwards from there. Anyway. So, yeah, our CLS went and we got a GLA and it's fine, but it's just, it's not as nice as a big V6 powered. But what about this Defender? So, I ordered uh, in January 2015, I ordered one of the last Defenders. They did these run out models and one of them is this kind of retro one. It's in the original green of the very first Defender. Is that the same? I saw the pictures of the yeah. last one to roll after. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. it, right? But that yeah. one, for some reason, that very last one, they did as a soft top and you can't buy the soft top. So mine's the hard top. Okay. It's the same color. 
retro sort of green steel wheels lovely ordered one and they said it'll be a while and they said oh, it probably won't be till December well I was like that's fine they're stopping making them in December so yeah. it really will be one of the last ones and they came and mine has a grill badge that says Land Rover 1948 to 2015 and so commemorates the end of this glorious yeah. model they then fucked themselves by extending production into 2016 so I now have a commemorative badge that's a lie that's great. Not a Volkswagen spec line. No, but, but it's that's still a great, lie. though. Well, it is funny because it was it's issued so by Rover the manufacturer. So Think of it like a baseball card. It's like having an error card. No, but they've all got this same badge on. All of them have got the badge. <laughs> Even the ones I went to the factory last Friday to see the last car coming off the line, and that had the same lying badge on it. <laughs> but it's brilliantly Land Rover. Even the badge is technically faulty. That's, you so know what? Though? A great story, though. So yeah, every Mercedes V8 ones. for the la- every AMG V8 made for about seven years had a lie on it too. All 6.3. Oh, the, the, oh, but yeah. it's actually a 6.2. No, but there's yeah. a thing. When I come to power in my benevolent reign, all the German car manufacturers will not be allowed to start this monkeying around because a, a BMW 320 is not necessarily a... Actually, that is oh, a 2-litre. A 328 now is, is a 2-litre as well. Yeah. BMW well, it's equivalent to a 2.8, according to them. Their, their naming yeah. scheme is... It's retarded. Come it's, on. Just, it's naughty. A Merck are doing it. And but the problem is the, cus- the customer can't bear for the number... If you told me, okay, the... The last generation Mercedes S55 made 500 horsepower. The new generation Mercedes S47 makes 900 horsepower. <laughs> that doesn't sound like the four. I need the number yeah, needs, to be, I need to be bigger. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the, you know what I mean? So the number like always has to go up. A schoolmate of mine used to try and annoy me because he knew that I'm a total car nerd, and he used to just try and wind me up by deliberately pretending he didn't understand, and he thought the higher the number of car the better it was. So, as an example, he would go, so that McLaren F1, that's not very good, is it? <laughs> it's not as good as a Rover 800. <laughs> no, or the Saab 9000. Well, exactly, that was his punchline. Uh, always was he'd go, 9, the Saab 9000 must be the best car in the world. And I was like, nah. <laughs> well, he's right. Well, <laughs> you know, if we're measuring it on torque steer, then yes. I talked about the day that I lost all the footage. Yeah. One of the cars I reviewed that day was a Saab 9000. No way! Yeah, so you've lost first, your review of the best the car in the world. It was the first one I'd seen in years. It was it was average as can fucking be. <laughs> <laughs> Remember we, we did the two Saabs for tune. It was you yeah. know, built this and da 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 da. Yeah. It was like yeah, it's not like the, the, yeah, the foundation. Most, the most modified Saab 900 like on the planet. It's about as fast as a basic WRX. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But, but it has lovely seats. It does. Oh, it does. Seats, and, yeah. a, and a windshield that wraps yeah. around. Yeah. Which only Koenigsegg does now. Was that a thing sad. that Bob Lutz said? Have you ever read Bob Lutz's books? That, I, I love know you Bob haven't because you've only read my book. I fucking love Bob Lutz. <laughs> yeah. Maximum Bob. His books are worth a read. I, mean, I, I love his column. He does that last word thing in the back of uh, Road and Tracks. Yes. It's great. And he told that story about uh, how uh, Ferdinand Piet got the, the really good shut lines on the golf yeah. by just being a total bastard to everyone <laughs> and threatening to fire them. And it's like, okay. But uh, he tells a story in one of his books about uh, Saab and why he thought buying Saab was a bad decision by GM because he was like, there just aren't enough kind of East Coast lecturers to buy the cars. It's exactly and who's probably right. Those, I went to school in the East Coast and those cars were, everyone had a hand-me-down Saab. They were super, super popular. Like They were great in the winter. In the 90s. I mean, that's why everybody had them. Then. They were cool. I learned to drive stick on a Saab 900 turbo that I in my memory was fast as fuck 
Like it was. But you know what? You in know, that era when cool. we were learning to drive, cars were very dull, and a turbo four was kind of fast. Boost you know? was the shit. Yeah. Turbo boost was is it's mm-hmm. still. Fun. Do you know it's what? Still fun. I if I could go back in time, uh, I would go back to the eighties and I would invest in a company that made turbos. Because I think we thought turbos were an 80s thing and they would go away and then everyone in the 90s, certainly in Europe, got 16 sort of valves. Sort of a novelty. A novel and that was the way you got performance. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, a 16-valve car now. Not mm-hmm. turbos. Turbos are dated and laggy. Now, certainly at home, everything's got a turbo because it's either diesel and they need turbos or they're awful or they're small-capacity petrol engines and they need turbos oh, or they're a awful. A fucking Ferrari. Have you driven a 488? Uh, no, I've driven a Cali T. How good is the Cali T? Uh, too good. It's fucking crazy. I was it? just, I was like, this car's so good. It's kind of like the 2010 California on. sucked so badly, and the yeah. fucking California T is batshit. It's an fast. incredibly good car. Yeah. But also, I think somebody at Ferrari has has mistakenly believes they're working at Kia because they give us <laughs> uh, certainly in in Europe they give a seven year warranty. Yeah, yeah, and what? free servicing. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. Our, our, our DP mental. loves it. He, he's like, no one uses it. That's the best. The, great, the the best move is to buy a car if you can get one for sticker first year it come model year it comes out. Drive it until the new one is gets launched, but isn't out yet, and then dump it before the warranty. Like if you had a 2010 458, you yeah. could abuse the warranty until 2015, and then flip it while it's still worth something before the new one comes out. Top. That's, this is like. Practical tip for life. Practi- I mean, the practical tip for Ferrari owners. Yes. Yeah. For prospective Ferrari buyers. But yeah. yes, abuse the warranty in that car. And the and the and the. But the fact it. they have this massive warranty is. Yeah. And you know, also you can sort of retroactively buy the warranty and 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 stuff for older cars. You can buy these kind of warranty packages on old yeah. Ferraris because the thing that drives Ferrari nuts is, and this is a bit control freaky, but they hate people owning their cars and they don't know who they are. They want their details. They want them to be part of the family so they can oh. do the kind of mafioso come to our track day. We make nights. We make we when look you, after you. Don't fuck with us. <laughs> when you uh, have a Top Gear business card, is it is it still a struggle to deal with them? Uh, it's yeah. It, it's it, it comes and goes, but it, I don't think it makes it any easier. Particularly, they are They're very tough. unique place to deal with. I I've been doing this job for nine years, and I got my the California T I got a month ago was my first ever Ferrari press. Car. Oh really? Yeah. Um, they they come and go. The UK PR guy. I, I'm choosing my words carefully because he's a nice bloke and I like him, but he is also beholden to whatever the you know the, yeah. the dons in Italy are saying. Yeah. But sometimes they oscillate between um, shutting you out and killing you with kindness, mm-hmm. and later with guns. But they <laughs> they do this thing where. Um, I got the Cali T because I borrowed a 458 and I said that the sat-nav was shit, which it is and which was. Which it is. Which it and is. It's fair. We went away for the weekend in it and the nav was so bad. We were going to a country hotel to sort of, because I was like, oh, my dear, I've got a Ferrari. Yeah. Let's go away. It's what you do. We ended up gumming a little tom-tom to the windscreen <laughs> and that looks so tawdry in a sort of 250,000 pound car, whatever it was. And... But I said this in, I wrote about it and said the, the nav in the 458 is terrible. And the Ferrari PR man went, We've got new nav coming. We've got Apple CarPlay. Yeah. When we get it, you should try it. And he lent me the Cali T on the basis it's the first one with CarPlay. It is. So better. it's almost like, that's good PR. That's kind of being well, proactive. Uh, but other times they go, No, you, yeah. you may not have the card. Yeah, they, they're, they're tough. I mean, the, the, Especially if you're not Top Gear or or affiliated with that brand or whatever, you know, you got a pretty solid solid background. So you're, uh, you know, you and and especially being in Europe helps as well. I think 
Uh, yeah, but it helps being close to the fact. But then I wrote a column once for Evo magazine about how they're basically a merchandise company now that makes cars on the side. They're a t-shirt company that yeah. sells cars. Yes, I, I say that column, frequently. Yeah. And this is where they get a bit sinister because I got a message via the UKPR from someone senior in Italy going, we read your words with interest and we would like to talk to you about them some more and explain about where this company is today. Perhaps you would like to come to Italy. And I went, <laughs> maybe. And they went, oh, they're not. No. Oh. They wanted me to fly myself to Italy so I could be beaten up as far as I could work Fuck out. That. And then I was going to be on holiday in Italy anyway. And I thought, well, maybe I could maybe I'll swing pop in. by. We weren't yeah. that far away. It sounds like fun. And I A couple laps like, in something yeah, maybe exactly. while you're there. And I was like, and then, yeah, before I get whacked, at least yeah. I go out happy. <laughs> uh, but it was August and everything's shut. So they went, no, we're not here. Leave a message. You know, their economy is terrible, and yet they take a lot of breaks. Yeah. <laughs> it's a brilliant place. We You've been to Italy. We went on vacation to Italy and the Amalfi Coast. And it was yes, absolutely spectacular. Yeah. You know, one of the most beautiful places in the world. And you'd go to these, these cities that nine, between 90 and 100% of their income is on tourist business. Yeah. And yet they are closed from 11 to 2. Yeah. And you go, what the fuck? And yet. They, and yet their country is in the toilet and they are closed during all the normal business hours. It's a wonderful but way of Something life. that I might just be making up, but I'm pretty sure I've read this, that Italy has an unusually low incidence of heart disease. That's probably true. Because olive oil and low so stress. Yeah. Not working too hard. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, it. That's a secret. I am envious. I'm jealous. But at the same time, you know, that's what yeah. happens. I mean, just look, open if, your shop. If that's you wake the, up every day you and you're looking at Minnesota and it's January... You gotta work hard for that weekend and get the fuck out of there and retire. But if you live in Malfi Coast or Italy and you walk outside, you're like, I already have. That's a good point. All these great things. I don't entirely blame them. Yeah. No, I think it's hilarious too. I might do what they were doing if I was in that position Mm -hmm. for sure. But you know, that's why your country is fucked. It's like because I noticed that because here in Southern California, you have the beautiful weather. Yeah. And your shops are open pretty much 24 hours, and everyone seems a bit grumpy and on Prozac. So Do perhaps they? it's the shops being open that's the problem. Do people seem grumpy and on Prozac here so much? Oh, yeah. I mean, look at oh, how they drive. Well, not, it's not well, grumpy. Traffic is a different thing. Well, yeah, there's a lot of traffic-based great. misery. That's the See, issue. I moved yeah. here from the East Coast, and Matt did too. And it's just like we come here, and you're like, wow, everybody's so friendly compared to back home. I, you know, in Venice, we, I see a lot of people. I see people exercising and doing outdoor activities, volleyball, surfing, yeah. all hours of the day. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think a lot of people come to California so that they can build a lifestyle that or build a career that works around their surfing or hiking mm-hmm. or cycling or whatever. Yeah, and I, do you know what? Because I'm, I'm dismissing the whole of greater Los Angeles. Because, like, where you live, I've seen your gaff today, and it's astonishing because you live on the beach, but it feels like being in a different place. It doesn't feel like the L.A., of Hollywood and yeah, certainly yeah, not the oh, LA yeah, of Burbank yeah. which is yeah. I know isn't really LA but you know it's sort of it's Burbank's okay it. actually I like Burbank it's fine it's but it's in the valley and it's that sort of suffocating heat I find because I'm an Englishman my operating yeah. temperature is, is much lower than a normal person so <laughs> yeah. I, you know it's, it's cold outside now and I'm happy as anything and it rained yesterday which made me feel like it I made home. me happy as well the rain actually you're like a penguin. Right <laughs> 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 to Hawaii, you're like, Fuck, get me out of here! I'm melting. So yeah, but we it's, digress. It's not so. It's not so bad. People, there's 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 both sides of it for sure. There is, but it's I also know. I don't because I I, when I come here and and usually get one of Aaron Gold's comedy press cars, and <laughs> if it's something good like I had a CTSV and I, yeah. I borrowed uh, Mustangs and Camaros and all sorts of things. 
and then trying to find somewhere good to go and drive them because I don't. I need your maps. Yeah, you have to go out to drive. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, I got. I got. Also, the press cars tend to be so. I had the CTSV wagon, and it was a manual gearbox on it. Uh huh. And I loved that car. It's a great car, but but in Los Angeles traffic, that's no fun. It's that old Tremec. Come on. It's not like you have to live with it. You're here for like four days. Deal with a fucking sticky pussy. I mean, come I on! It's, I, I, I'm not yeah. saying I maybe. Well, I am buying a stick. No, I agree with you. Yeah, it's yeah like, for you make a couple do. days, you whatever. Do. I got but, two bad well, news. We talk about this. Manuals. We talked about this the other day, though. Yeah. Like, if you're, all you're driving is just commuting, yeah, then yeah. it doesn't make sense. But if you, if you, you know, take it outside the city and go do some good driving, it's worth. Trust it. me. Oh yeah, no. Trust trust I did. Have I, you driven an automatic CTSV? No. The stick is worth the headache. Oh really? Yes. I'm not a complaint. You have a lovely car, and there's all that Alcantara and stuff as well. But I just think, as I've got older, I've realized, don't be a hero. Sometimes it's okay to have an automatic. <laughs> it's fine. So it's just like I was oh having this God. argument with somebody because I used to have a Jag XJR. I had a, I had a one of the old um, X308s, as Jag nerds call them, a supercharged steel is that body. Like the one. late nineties one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a lovely car, and it was an automatic because they only came as as autos back then. And it's like it was perfect as an auto. It was a slow in, fast out car. I mean, you just sort of gently used the quite poor brakes to slow down for a corner and then clogged it out the other side. It was fine. It would have been horrible with a manual gearbox. Mm-hmm. But a small car like our, we've got a Fit 500 would be crap with an automatic gearbox. In yeah. fact, they oh, are. and in fact, it is crap. Yeah, that automatic gearbox. That car is actually just crap in anything except have electric you, form. <laughs> have you ever seen the, the, the movie from the 80s, Crazy People? Uh, the Dudley Moore movie. Oh yes, where he goes yeah. crazy and they lock him up yeah, yeah, for yeah. doing honest advertising. Yes, yeah, Volvos. They're boxy, but they're boxy safe. but good. Yeah. Is it Jaguar boxy? for men who want hand jobs for women? They hardly <laughs> know. I just had a good one. PDK, don't be a hero. <laughs> <laughs> you know that when you go to sell your Porsche, they're going to count the over revs. PDK. Yeah. Don't well, be it's like there's people who buy like sort of GT3 RSs or um, uh, uh, Cayman Rs and things like yeah. that, and go with the stereo and aircon delete, and it's yeah. just like no one's impressed. You're not you know really how much saving that much weight. Do you Come know on. how much money you can get on the fu- cash on the hood right now for a non-aircon Z28? Oh, you want like 10 G's on the hood right now? You could go back to England with a fucking Z28 in my suitcase. In Two your suitcase for like 10 grand off the uh, cash on the hood. Right? Really? Oh, no, 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 no. Nobody wants twenty. Them. 20 G's off. Go home with a Z28. There are wow. two by my house for $54,000. So what's the list on those? 75. 75, dude. Oh, Dry wow. Sump LS7. Goodness me. Race Trofeo car. R ceramic brakes. You could go home with them. 20 G's. There's a reason, though. On my street There's a the reason. Defender, the new though. one is... How much you could flip one of those for in the UK? Just though. as fast. Yeah. Yes, you probably exactly. could, actually. And we don't need aircon. My I, defender doesn't have aircon. You could flip it to Harris for 75. <laughs> 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 you don't. You love I know, that car. I know you could. No, I know you, you know could. What? My, my ongoing project with Harris, though, he doesn't realize it until he listens to this, is every time he... We, we sort of talk on text every so often, and he mentions some inadvisable car, and I strenuously encourage him to buy it just because I know I want to have a go in it. That's it, because he's more idiotic with his money than I yeah. am. I don't buy a lot of cars, but he does, and I want him to buy things I'd like. So, <laughs> Do you get to although the annoying off? thing is he, he lives miles away. Do you so. show up? Yeah, he lives in the middle he's, he's threatened to show up to my house, possibly without warning, in that bright green M3 that he's got. Yeah, they got, he did get the puke M3, didn't he? Because I don't like that new M3. At, at all? all? Not really, no. It's not as fun. Did you ever get to drive the Dynan Stroker engined E92? No. That's the best M3 of all time. It's 525 horsepower all motor. 
Mm. It's a 4.6 liter stroker engine in the E92 M3. Interesting. It's a fu- it's a because I like the I just like the standard one of those as well. It's, it's a lovely a car. But that I swear to God, I, I don't know. You see, the thing is, Monkey is a much much better driver than me. He's a better driver than everybody. That's yes, the problem. he's better than did he, Jesus. Did he stunt drive in um, James's La Ferrari piece? No. It looked like his driving. It wasn't no. fucking James driving. I assure you that. Uh, no, some of it probably wasn't. Some of it was actually because James was very proud of the fact that he might have got the tail out, but then he didn't want anyone to know. No, no, no. there was significant oversteer in places. Yeah, James there was May would not oversteer. Yeah, it wasn't monkey though. I can't remember car. who that was. Whoever it was, he was splendid. Do you know the one that was? You've never seen a small man more proud is when we did the Porsche 918 in the Middle East, you know, on the track. At, was that uh, really Richard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was so proud. I think we got a pro in just to do the pickup shots again. But Chris was there at the same time. He shot his 918 piece yeah, there yeah. at the same time for yeah. drive, yeah. yeah did Richard really do his own there? There was loads of that that was Richard. Good and he was him. so pleased with Good himself because he was thinking... Oh, this might be more than I. He's handy. Fuck. Do you remember that thing we used to have in the title sequence for Top Gear with the R8 and then the 911 across that? That was Hammond. Yeah. And apparently, That's when they were shooting, I wasn't there, but the thing about that was that Jeremy looked in the mirror and just went, <laughs> He's about to crash. Oh. <laughs> And he didn't. He, he just, didn't. He just I did was going to say, did someone the thing cut about Hammond right he's, before he spun into No, no, he's owned Porsches for so many years. He, when you stick him in a Porsche, and it's Good like he wires him. into it. He's he's handier than he. Who would win a race on. between the three Top Gear hosts, all in the same? I'm sure they've raced the reasonably priced car at some point. Uh, Who's the fastest? Uh, not so much. No, I don't know. Probably, uh, I think Jeremy's the most consistent. Hammond's the biggest hero because he just goes balls out because he's yeah. fearless. So Hammond's James your morning star. Race, so. yeah. James did such a good job in that last rally cross. Was that the last episode of the rally cross? Uh, yeah, last. God, that did you guys episode. see that segment? God, that segment was fucking hilarious. I what, him trying to, to do rally? Yeah. When with yeah. Jeremy talking into his ear the whole time, I would yeah. have gone. I would have lost my mind. But you know that thing so that hard. I know you've said this on the show, and I completely agree with this. That track driving, whisper it, is kind of sometimes a bit boring because you go, "Oh, I've been here before." Yeah. Yeah, I've been here before. Yeah. I've been here eight times before now. I'm bored. James suffers from that too. That's the thing. James is not a bad driver. This is a better argument that canyons are better than racetracks mm. because the scenery changes. Mm-hmm. And it's not the same corner over and over. Richard agrees with me on that point. Yeah. Canyons are better than racetracks. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you don't know the canyon, there's a possibility you might crash and die. No, but, yeah. But it, it's a risk. There's a lot of that here. But still, they're just, they're more fun. I mean, yeah. Even yeah, if you, yeah, even yeah. if well, you can't go quite as fast, of, it's still And if more it's fun. a road you do know and you're sort of confident you're not being a dick and you're not going to kill anyone else, then yeah, yeah it's fine. Knock yourself out. I but, think you're getting a lot more stimulation on a canyon. The only, the, the only benefit of the track is that. Safety barrier, the freedom—no pun, you know, intended. Like the freedom to drive as hard as you can, push the limit of the car. Yeah. But there's not that, you know, ooh, crack in the road, undulation, you know, tree, tree, tree. All these different things happening, you have to react to. It makes it a lot more engaging. It is nice to have an airfield, though. You guys, for so yeah. many years, the luxury of an airfield on which you can just fucking clutch kick a car in third gear and go sideways at yeah, 100. Yeah, and you just thought that there amazing. is that sometimes if you are sort of trying to find out what a car can do and you're thinking, well, if I lose control here, then... I'm fine. Yeah. Well, I don't know because there's always that. And there's, I, I remember driving a 911 once and on a fast sweeping curve and feeling it sort of stepping out and thinking, oh, we're going so fast here that what's going to happen is I'm going to hit the grass and roll over. 
and die. <laughs> In fact, I once this I, when I worked on Old Top Gear, I was once. It was one of the first times I've been out with uh, TV's Tiff Nidell, if you know him, who mm-hmm. used to be on Old Top yeah. Gear, who's a legend and one of the nicest people I've ever worked with. And Tiff's brilliant. Harris has been doing videos with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Twelve seconds in Monaco, and I was so surprised at how tall he was. Yeah, yeah. He's like, holy shit, he's not tiny. He's like over six feet tall. It was the weirdest. Thing. I, I couldn't believe it. But he was very friendly. He's he is a nice, nice he man. He really nice, is. And yes. he uh, and that's the thing. And I was I was sort of junior researcher, and we went out in a Mark IV Golf GTI on an airfield that we were filming at for Old Top Gear, just on a sighting lap first thing in the morning just basically because Tiff wanted to go and dick around and went come with me I'm going down we're driving around (laughs) and then he just went absolutely belting off the sort of taxiway onto the main runway just we lost grip we skated across the runway onto the grass and calm as anything Tiff just went we're gonna roll (laughs) (laughs) like a pilot might oh my god when they're just going we're about to land and it was and and I I remember thinking we're about to what (laughs) no wait wait what oh what am I supposed to do and he just the absolute calmness with which he said it because he's a racing driver and they just treat the hardware as disposable and breakable we didn't we bounced across the grass and we came to a halt and then neither of us said anything, and then he just put it into first oh, and drove back onto the runway. <laughs> but the, just that the sinister calmness of that we're gonna roll. It's just oh bad God. news delivered in an even well, tone. Not just racing worst. driver, but racing driver that's like in his sixties and has done it. He's probably rolled thirty or forty times. Well, this was a while ago, so he was about fifty-nine at that point. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. He does think he has. He uh, he did when we used to work with him. The thing is, he's a lovely, lovely bloke. But he has a racing driver's mentality towards cars. So we would have some press car and it, he, it would get fucked and he'd just go, oh, well, we'll get another one. Because that's what he would do to a race yeah. team. Like, oh, we'll fix it. And like, we can't you know fix it. You know what would be it. great is put him and Randy Popes out on a track together and have them fuck around. That'd be amusing. Chris does that too. And he has the skill and the confidence to go, you know what? This is going to be the shot and it's going to be fucking awesome. But he, you know, he, and I'm like, Chris, what if you hit that wall? And he goes... Well, you know, it's the price of the shot, mate. And, like, he's never hit the wall, as far as I know. And he's, like, super good, and I respect it. But, like, I'm just like, oh, my God, how how do you think like that? Like, I just can't get get to it. And I guess the, the stunt driver mentality is a whole different... Yeah. Different mentality. It's crazy stuff. Yeah, something missing in your brain. It's a bit of a chrome. <laughs> you ever see that fucking Travis Pastrana rally crash where oh. he rolls like nine times and then he's like, "Whoa, yeah!" And I'm like, "What the fuck?" His arm goes out the window oh. at one point. <laughs> it's just like hanging there. It's like, oh, I gotta pull that back in now. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. It's it's really really nuts. Yeah, there's that guy Steve Sutcliffe, who's a journalist in the UK, yeah, a yeah. former colleague of of Monkeys, and. and there, there was that that famous Jaguar roll. Did you see this? The S Type R driven oh, by yeah, yeah. Uh, Antonio Pizzi, shitty driver, F one failure. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he just I remember he used an F one car braking point on a track <laughs> in a road car. <laughs> yeah. So they went into the gravel, they rolled over. Yeah, I remember. And that. the in car is extraordinary, but it's most extraordinary for Sutcliffe's reaction. He's totally calm, and when they come to arrest, he just turns to Pizzonia and goes, Are "You all right?" Like that's his first reaction. <laughs> it's not. He's not going. Oh my God! We almost died. He's just totally cool with it. And that's is a different breed. These helmsmen who do this sort of stuff. But you you have to ignore all consequences. I can't not see the wall. I you know what I mean. Put me on yeah. a big fucking skid pad like, the, and I'm fine, good even. You know. And then when there's a wall there, I can't unsee the wall. 
I just there's, there's nothing wrong with having a sense of your own mortality. It's what makes us human. Yeah. What keeps you from being YouTube heroes? Keeps you alive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, those guys have probably made mistakes before, and just oh, enough yeah. times where they're like, "Oh, this is what rolling feels like." Yeah, it well, before. I'd chalk it up to remember the first time you got pulled over, and how fucking nervous you were. Oh yeah. Yeah. And now we get pulled over and we're like, yeah, 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 let's hurry yeah. up. Yeah, get the fuck now. out of here. <laughs> yes. Exactly. I, got, I got pulled over by the California Highway Patrol once in a, um, a Hyundai Genesis Coupe. Mm. Surprisingly good car. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd, I'd never been pulled by American police before. And my instinctive reaction was to get out. Oh, and Thankfully, oh, yeah, I was in the car with my wife. Well. And she went, no, as I reached yeah. for the door handle. She's like, hands on the wheels. In your car on funny plates with your funny yeah, license. Yeah, those Hyundai press cars, it was all like just zeros yep. on the plates. So yeah, of course yeah. you pulled me. Because also, your police cars have forward-facing radar. They do. Yeah, That's you, not fair. They have plate readers now, too. Oh, dude, they, have, they can get you like... Like static, moving, like yeah. opposite. He direction. was driving towards me. Oh yeah, that's not fair. But you're allowed to have a radar detector. Oh, are you? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, like, but like, we don't have speed cameras, so that's the trade-off. How long, how long are you in town for? Uh, another week or so. Oh no, more. Do you need one? Uh, in my what? In my bright purple douche car. <laughs> No, it's fine. I'll just keep to the speed limit. The good news is the co- a lot of the cops drive those too, so you can oh, have I can something. outrun them. No, you can have something about. like in common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Hey, you guys yeah people think too. I'm a dick as well, officer. <laughs> um, speaking of, so the asshole that lives next door to me that has tarted up his charger to look like a cop car. He's got push bar on it. He puts steelies on it. All this other shit. Decided over the weekend it was a good time to put blue flashers on the car, too. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's right. definitely not legal. Oh, yeah. I've got a video of it. It's in Texas plates on the car, too. I don't know what the fuck this guy is thinking, but he was showing it off the other day like it was the greatest fucking thing he'd I'm ever done. Is it possible murder. he's an undercover he's policeman who's slowly coming No, out. not with Texas plates on the car here. Uh, okay. No. Why, why would you put Texas plates on the car? Because he's, ju- he's got a Texas car and he's just an idiot. <laughs> Yeah, he'll probably get in trouble real quick. Like, I think it's illegal to have even flashers wired it's up. It's definitely illegal. To oh, he didn't just like sure. wire and fix. Like, he ordered the police issue ones and installed all. I mean, that if shit. you can, you can yeah, like, have stuff illegal. on your car, but you you can't have it be able to like activate while you know, like you could put them in there. Bill I think. Bill Wu but... definitely got stopped for impersonating on Bull Run. Oh that yeah, was... well that was his car was flagrant. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Um, shit, man. So, fuck, I don't know where do you even go from this. I don't know. Oh, I have to piece. Well, so we're yeah, two and a half <laughs> hours anyway, so. Is that just me? I'm trying to think about topics, and yet I have to piece so badly right now. Are we really? Are we two we're at two and a half hours, hours oh, in. We're almost two, right. And two before 40. we started recording, I said to Matt, you know, the one problem with your show is it's too long. I yeah. never listen to the first hour and then have to go and do something else. So. Well, and now look, it all up. hoisted now look, by my own petard. Exactly. Victim of your own, yeah. of your own Sorry prediction. About that. That's okay. We'll plug your book. And on that bombshell by Richard Porter. Dun, dun, dun. In Amazon. Amazon's now. I have it. I, uh, it's on Kindle give, too, right? You, you haven't read yes, it. Like, no, yes, it, it is. Yeah, no. All right. I was going to say I'll give it to a fan, except I'll give it to you because you, you're, you're my friend. <laughs> and I'm no, also wait, a fan. Buy a copy. Buy a fucking copy. <laughs> no, you guys should buy a copy. I would have brought some, but it's just that our luggage was marginal on the way. It's anyway, good. So. It, there's a holiday coming up. Like if you, for, you know, there's, there's a holiday coming up, right? Isn't there? Well, well, yeah, Valentine's Day. Day. Yeah. Don't buy it for your girlfriend. Valentine's Nothing says Valentine's I love you Day. like a, a hardback book. Well, to be fair, most <laughs> of our Britain. fans are alone. So <laughs> buy, well, it, buy it for yourself. And buy read. yourself a Hershey pretend bar. Like, and a pretend like the book is your friend. Yeah. Get yourself. <laughs> yeah. Get some beer. The chapters are quite short, so yeah. you can cram them in between masturbating. <laughs> 
That's true. Yeah, maybe if you did like a <laughs> fleshlight bundle, it'd be good for Valentine's Day. Can I to end this overly long podcast? Uh, that I was, uh, I have, because I need the loo as well, and I, I have an incredibly weak bladder, and uh, particularly when I drink beer and coffee, and all I've done all day is drink beer and coffee. Welcome to Los Angeles. So I, I was on my way to do a radio interview to promote my book in the UK, and I was desperate for the bathroom and so i stopped in some woodland on the way there because i didn't want to do that thing where you arrive yeah, at this yeah. radio studio and they go okay thanks for coming you're running five and i have to yeah. go no show me <laughs> to your bathroom so i i stopped in this woodland and i stepped behind a tree and as i was relieving myself i looked down and there was the torn open packet of a flashlight <laughs> <laughs> and this led me to try and work out the backstory because you know sometimes you go to woodland by roads and there's sort of condom wrappers and stuff and you go oh, okay, yeah i get what's been going on here teenagers or people having affairs or whatever but he's seeing a flashlight behind whose back and you know what it is woods? it's a backup plan dude i'll tell ah. you what that's a fucking cool premise for a show what if you took you started with a piece of discarded trash on the side of the road, and the show like went in reverse. <laughs> so like, who discarded CSI that? CSI you know single mean? man, and then followed <laughs> what like what that person did with whatever oh. was in the wrapper. That's I think it could. You be could call it now. Wash your hands. <laughs> it would be. Uh, Either, I I, yeah, with someone. I mean, if you're if you're driving and you're ripping open your flashlight, then wouldn't you just throw the trash in the back seat or something? I this was Unless a distance was from the road behind a tree, so it led me to think that someone had stopped in this pull-in that was by the road yeah, yeah. where I stopped, and they pulled out. But what, do you know what I thought? It's like it, it was like being a horror movie, and you're standing by the tree having a pee, and then you see the big footprint of the bear or something on the ground, and you think, oh god, it's coming for me. I was thinking, what if the flashlight man is still in the woods <laughs> and he's, he's bored of his flashlight? He's just waiting. For you. Yeah. <laughs> Jam it on death with a fake vagina. Stop or I'll what jack you off. To go. What a sh- wow! Yeah, that's a very strange He's person. Looking for his next victim. <laughs> the flashlight no longer satisfies. I just have this great idea of that's part of his emergency kit in the car. Flashlight. <laughs> Maybe that's the thing. He read those instructions like the breakdown organisations in the UK. It was going. It's winter. Remember to have a, a a rug and a flask of hot tea in the car and also a flashlight. And he went. Oh, what? Okay. Yep. Yeah, I got that. Let's see. Road flares, tire patch kit, flashlight. Check. We're good for the road trip. <laughs> well, he'd be a lot more patient with. Uh, changing your spare tire if you use the flashlight first. I suppose. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Ease your frustrations in Los Angeles holiday traffic. But there you go. That's probably what fucking most people are doing anyway. That's why they're going 60 in the left lane. Self-driving cars are going to be interesting. <laughs> they're on dynamic point. cruise control. <laughs> There's that one guy that just got arrested for it. That he for got in, wanking? Yeah, in yeah, the middle of the know. thing. Or he got into an accident. I mean, let's be honest. Who can blame him? Tesla's now with extra scotch guard. <laughs> Thanks, Richard. It's good to see you, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I recommend your book to everybody. That's about all I can say. That's, That's all fucking I can dope. Ask. And I hope I, I hope to see you uh, at work again soon. Maybe. Uh, maybe? Yeah. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, maybe. No pressure or anything. But no, I'm, I'm trying to be unemployed for a while just because it's fun. I, I strongly recommend it. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> Come hang out in America. Just fucking take one of those press cars and road trip. Have just done, take one of done? the cars signed out in Aaron's name and just just disappear I'm into the desert. I'm certain you can if he if he just acknowledges that you're writing something for whoever he writes for. I'm sure it's cool. Yeah, you're, you go to the go to like Montana or something. It's amazing. Oh, okay, yeah, road, it's a perfect road trip car. That Charger. Mm. I mean, it really is. This is good. This is a plan. It's a good GT car. 
Yeah. Thanks, guys. Good to see you. What are we plugging? Shout Engine is the uh, official podcast hosting platform of the Smoking Tire. Get your own damn podcast at ShoutEngine.com. It's easy. You just need a computer and a fucking microphone. It's just it's exactly it. what we're doing. That's it. It's you not can, rocket you can just use your phone, too, if you want to. We're at a to. table with a laptop on it. That is the extent of our science here, people. <laughs> Get your own podcast at ShoutEngine.com. And uh, if you haven't seen it before... There's this thing called Top Gear. You should probably watch it. It's on Netflix. There's a lot of seasons. They're all really good. Also Torrent, you know, just, just go yeah, download can, it. Oh, I think Final Gear, Final Gear got shut down, didn't it? Yeah, it did. They yeah, did. Uh, right? Street Fighter probably still has it. You can definitely still find Top Gear illegally somewhere as well if you want, but everyone has Netflix. Mm-hmm. Ask your flashlight guy. <laughs> <laughs> Ask your local flashlight merchant for Top Gear listings. Goodbye. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah,